This is the Are You Screwed podcast. 12 to 3 is going to be an entire stadium of sad drunks at Rutgers Stadium. Three-star recruit. I'd upgrade him to about 3.14159. I call him the pie man. There was like a screw pretty much lodged in my ass the rest of the game. Uh, um, I mean, like, yes. The Are You Screwed podcast. Arriba! 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 Puka Williams doesn't have any toes on one of his feet. What? No, not, stop it! Baker's Quakers. The Are You Screwed podcast. This is a disaster. Welcome back to the Are You Screwed podcast. Uh, Adam, Mike, and Max back here. And congratulations, guys, because now that I'm thinking about it, we have somehow made it to the middle of August, somehow done this podcast so many times. This is the last time we are doing a podcast where there is not going to be football going on. We've survived. We get football this weekend coming up. Mm-hmm. Yep. We get college football back in so, our beloved lives. It's only two games. But there are two But games. it's football. Yeah. But it's football, and we don't have to make up complete shit. Only a, some of the time we're going to have to make up complete shit. I am in such uh, amazement. I don't know if that's a word. That we made it this that far? That we made it this far and had things to talk about and did some not terrible episodes, though maybe mostly terrible. And we're finally here. We'll have games to talk about. We'll have, I think it's more fun during football season. I know the basketball team was obviously better than the football team last season, but I I think that the most fun we had overall on the pod was last fall um, in those episodes that have terrible audio quality, uh, and the team was obviously not very good. But I am excited for football season. It is finally, finally here. Yeah, and with football season here, don't forget we are partners with the Night Report. You can go premium today. Use the Como, uh, promo code Adidas. Uh, again, that'll also not only get you 25% off the regular price on uh, premium, but you also get a free $75 gift card uh, from Adidas. So again, just use the promo code Adidas. Go get that uh, those ri- that Rivals gear too. I think we've seen some t-shirts coming out from Richie and the gang. Those 1869 Natty Champ shirts. We, we know you all want to buy those. One, you can also use the Como code and then you get Chris Cuomo coming into your living room and yelling at you. Listen. Two, <laughs> didn't Rutgers go one and one that year? Isn't that a split title? You, or want, like... me, you want me to fucking call you Fredo? <laughs> All right there, Fredo? <laughs> yes, they uh, they did. By the way, not only, uh, again, go buy the rival shirts and go use a promo code uh, Adidas, not the Cuomo code. Um, but the student <laughs> t-shirt this year, the, the, the student What's t-shirt this year. Has something, it's like 1869, like not even, it basically doesn't even like pronounce themselves champions. I think it says like original champions or something. I got to find it where Football it was. Football participants. I actually like found it to be a little bit of a creative student t-shirt. But anyway, we're back uh, Seems again. Seems like you're shitting on it. The Argus Group podcast. Better um, than the ones we always got. They just said like our football on there. Like, yeah. It wasn't anything yeah. that was that great. But again, football is around. We got good football teams though. So. That is a very much better I don't know, but what do you remember? The teams or the t-shirts? Both, actually. I still have some of those t-shirts. They have hundreds of holes in them. I just found my uh, Rutgers basketball t-shirt. Again, a pretty bland one, but yeah. still. I Which one? The rack pack that I created? The R.U. No, sc- unfortunately. Because that was a bad one. The R.U. Oh, the white one? That was you? No, no, no. It was, it no, was, it was red. red with white lettering. Red with white lettering. Oh, that was yes. you. That was me. Okay. Correct. The R.U. Screw Podcast, where we go through our old clothes and talk about it. <laughs> yeah, welcome. Well, again, we take back everything about uh, the shit podcast. This is on that track again, but... Eventually, you're going to get to hear from a special guest this episode. That is of Jerry Carino. Tampering. And with Jerry, we talked about a lot of stuff, but mainly uh, 
it was about the whole pay the players. We have that talked was, about this from the beginning. Well, there was one question, not really we, like, we only so. talked about one thing. Okay. Um, so again, in relation to that, stick around. It was a very good interview. So you, you will hear from Jerry Carino. We, at one point, we had like three guests lined up for this episode. We got Jerry, so that's a win. Yeah, we that's were. We so, thought we were going to get zero. Zero. We were somewhere between zero and three guests. Um, so one counts. Wh- when's the last <laughs> time we had a guest that was like planned fairly far in advance? Was it CJ Gettys? I feel like we had him like maybe a week in advance. But last time uh, when we had Ryan Eric, Le- we had Eric Legrand on, and we well Dan- we had Danny Breslauer on. That, that, that doesn't, doesn't that doesn't count. Legrand was like the day before we had on Anderson, but I feel like that came together at the last minute. Uh, we said Legrand came on at the last minute. Cratch was like the morning of we came up with that. We don't really plan around here. That's the whole. And it's beautiful. Th- that's yeah. the whole podcast came together yeah. last minute anyway. So it kind of fits our mo. But again, football's right around the corner. There, there's some excitement. At least there's uh, some anticipation, whether it's good or bad. And we are not even uh, a week away from the UMass game. And well, there's a quarterback controversy, kind of. Well, yeah, Debate. so there is... That's the big talk about Rutgers football right now. There is. So actually, you want to hear from Chris, Chris Ash uh, at practice last week after that scrimmage that they had talking about the quarterback competition. Well, with a new quarterback coming in, it took a while for McLean to learn the playbook, understand what we were expecting out of him. And through the course of practice, he's made some plays and he's earned the opportunity to get some reps with the ones. Uh, and that's what we've done here this last week and it concluded with that today uh, in the uh, uh, scrimmage. Um, where we will go from here, um, we'll, we'll determine that after we meet as a staff and have a chance to talk about it. We're not going to name a starting quarterback uh, today, tomorrow, or, or even by Monday. We'll, we'll hopefully be able to get in to do it sometime next week so next week is this week because he said that late last week and today is monday when he said that they weren't wasn't going to be a quarterback but maybe soon in the next couple days yeah so uh this big raging debate going on is a debate mike what are we not controversy what what do you want to you're the wordsmith so what are we calling this i just i just want to uh, before we go on a, a semi-serious question when chris ash is talking about the southpaw does he call him? Does he struggle whether to call him McLean Carter or Carter McLean like I do? Oh, all the time. I get totally like this. He discombobulated know? with his name. You guys haven't figured out his that name yet. McLean does he Carter? just yell, no, "I'm lefty"? With, I'm with Max. I'm with Mike. A lot of times, I'm just like it's Carter McLean. His name is McLean Carter. It's I, not that hard. I get like, it. I'm, okay. Well, two two out of the three of us have trouble with it. So clearly, it majority is a little bit difficult. I guess that's the professional broadcaster in me. Yeah. <laughs> the right, freshman out of Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. <laughs> to, to <laughs> Would you at least play the audio? I mean, yes, that, was, sir. that was better. <laughs> Shout out, Danny. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I would say this. Um, I don't know if it's a controversy or a debate uh, or coin flip or whatever it is. I I will say that if he starts uh, McLean Carter slash Carter McLean at quarterback against UMass, it almost pretty much serves an, an entire uh, as a repudiation of that of last season. Um, because then you have to ask, what was the point of playing Art Sikowski as a freshman for the entire year when he did not seem ready and then not playing him as a sophomore uh, for a guy who's going to be here for like through the end of December. Well, what does last season matter? We're at this season. Like, I agree with you. It would be nice if, if Arts. Well, it just makes me, it just puts even more doubt into my head about what Chris Ash is doing long-term because he sacrificed the year for nothing. Does long-term matter though? He doesn't have a long-term after this season if things go bad. But if he wins four games this year with Carter McClain, and then you're, you're like, okay, they won three more games, but he just completely ruined the 2018 season and won four games this year with like a Hail Mary quarterback that they got from Texas Tech's bench. 
Well, we can have the more existential, long-term, macro conversation about the football program, but who cares? It's football season. Let's talk about football. Like, yes, Mike, well, there will be plenty of time to talk about should Chris Ash stay and is four wins good enough and we'll get to the season ticket stuff and all that stuff. But we let's actually talk about some football and not what it means in, like, the long-term scope of things. Okay. Fine. You tell me about McLean Carter. Uh, the only thing I know about McLean Carter is I haven't really seen him play. Uh, Brian, no Fon- shit about McLean. Okay, Carter. but here's what I do know: Brian Fonseca, now of NJ.com, he put together a video. It's on YouTube of every throw McLean Carter had against Baylor last season for Texas Tech, and there were a couple good throws in there, but there were a lot of really bad throws. Uh, I-, I counted seven passes in that game that were intercept, seven possible interceptions that were dropped. And, you know, one of the big things that we saw with Art Sitkowski was he did not protect the football. He did not protect the football. And coaches love to talk about protecting the football. Protect the football. And I agree with you that, yeah, it probably says something bad about the long-term prospects of Art Sitkowski and the progression through last year. But who cares? It's football time. Like, McLean Carter, Art Sitkowski, who you got? Like, come on. Does it matter who starts based on what we've been? Yeah, it matters. Right. Does it? No. I, I'm, yeah. I mean, from what everybody is saying again, and I think the three of us, with the little bit of knowledge, Max Moore on the football side probably is a, a little bit better well-versed than, than Mike or I. Um, uh, I think that means that I don't know about basketball or football based on what you just said. Potentially. Okay. Probably, yeah. yeah. Okay. You said it. I didn't. Um, the offensive line, still from what we're hearing or reading, is bad. Yeah. And that's still going to determine pretty much how this offense facilitates. And it's it's why John McNulty changed a little bit of the offense this year and went to more of a spread-style system. Can uh, we talk about that? Because that's actually exciting to me. If it's not just <laughs> bullshit coming out of training Mike, camp. it ain't going to be excited if the quarterback is just running and scrambling. <laughs> and <trying laughs> no, but I'm <laughs> sure it will. Yeah. I'm here if they finally gave up on the pro-style offense and said, holy crap, it's 2019. Maybe we should stop doing that. Maybe we should try our offense that we tried in 2016. <laughs> yeah, because that worked very well. Uh, but one thing that I, I've been thinking is that I don't really like the idea that you're going to evaluate your quarterback based on training camp because – you're not really getting a good... I don't think you're getting a good representation of what the quarterback can do in a real game situation. And one thing I don't understand is why not just go into the UMass game and say both of them are going to play and we'll just kind of... We can ride the hot hand or whatever. We'll see what both of them can do because if it's this close and if... I don't know if either of these guys is really like the answer is going to be a really good quarterback. I think maybe we do know that. I mean, Art Sitkowski was the lowest graded quarterback in the history of pro football focuses, rankings, pro or college. So maybe he's just not going to be a good quarterback, but wouldn't we be better off just seeing both of them in in the UMass game and just go from there? Do you want to see them in terms of just like splitting series early on? Or do you, do would you name one? And then at some point you hope that they are uh, up enough where you could play the other one and not have to worry. Or you're just like, Hey, Whatever happens, happens. I, but we Just don't do this it. at any other position. We don't do it no, at any other position. I was going to bring play, that up. I was going to bring play, that up. Bo- play well, both of them. But sports see what you got. Like, you don't know. Sports are weird. We're stupid when it comes to sports. Like we have this. Who's the quarterback? Well, right. Like we we really care that much, and for some reason, it affects the psyche of the team. I don't know why. I'm I'm agreeing. Well, I mean, with it's you the most it. important position. So if you know you have a bad quarterback, you kind of know well, to some but, degree you're screwed. But if you have, but if you have two skilled quarterbacks who maybe give you the same opportunity to win, to what? Somewhat skilled quarterbacks to give them the opportunity to win. I'm with Max. Does it matter who I, you play or can they split time? What I would say is I think to Max's point, they should wait until the UMass game for this very purpose. 
if you've if if you know you're a quarterback who like puts in the time and all that and you read about this all the time coming out of training camp and OTAs and all that stuff after enough reps the quarterbacks know the type of defense that the defense is playing and they memorize it and they're able to like pretty much in their head script against it and so whether you're playing well against that or not really doesn't tell you anything you need to see them play against a defense that they haven't been practicing against for a month and the weeks before that so you understand of one exhibition game no no we already get that because the injury what is umass is that what the umass game is no no i guess it is i guess it is i'm just a question well as far as the idea of uh, of playing both quarterbacks against umass chris ash pretty much uh Put the uh, put that to bed. Uh, I'm not, I don't even want to go uh, speculate with, with anything like that. Um, you know, ideally we want to establish uh, who our starting quarterback is, and um, you know, have him lead our offense um, out there on on game one. But they're not going to play two quarterbacks. No, so I don't. That's not what I heard. Sounds nice and windy. That's what. That's what. That's what. He I said he doesn't so want to speculate. And he said he wants to name a starter, which I get. Doesn't him? It's not him saying outright. No, whoever wins is going to play the whole thing. But I think that's him saying, like, we're going to have one quarterback. I think he, he says we want to have a starting quarterback, but I could see him going, well, you know, uh, Art and McLean were pretty close, and uh, we're just going to kind of roll them both out there. Why you did know? you give him a Southern draw? I don't know. That was, my, almost, that was the closest thing I got you to You also Chris almost Ash. said Carter there, too, in the beginning. I caught that for a second as well. <laughs> so I was about to do the same thing. I don't I don't know. I, I still think it just comes down to the fact that if the offensive line is just as bad as the last couple of years. I don't think it matters who's the quarter, who the quarterback is. Um, but it does because it, that quarterback can get you know the wins against UMass and Liberty and okay, whoever fair, else fair. and maybe get to three or four yeah, wins. Yeah, maybe. Maybe yeah, that's I mean, the case like, this year. I mean, I mean, listen, if if Chris Ash comes out and says that Carter McLean is going to be the quarterback uh, game one against UMass. Did I you do that, that on purpose? I think that tells us something. Did you just do that on purpose? <laughs> he did it on purpose. What, what did I do? He, I said if he named McLean Carter <laughs> quarterback against UMass, that tells us something. You're such a jerk to me sometimes. <laughs> All right. Um, one thing in regards to football that I wanted to bring up, because um, we have plenty of stuff to talk on the back end with uh, after you hear from Jerry Carino. Um, there may be nobody in the stands this season to watch this football team. Before we get to that, there oh. was actually a cool thing I'm on sorry. Athlon Sports last week. Um, anonymous quotes about Rutgers football oh from opposing God. coaches. And you want to read a few I want, of your I want, I want to read these. Oh There's the, these, are, these are good, okay? These, these, were, these were something. Okay, these what do we got? It's still scary there. They competed pretty well down the stretch last season, but they're struggling because of personnel. You can't hide that in this league. Their defense gave them a chance here and there, but they can't score points. That is probably the most glowing review they got. In this <laughs> that was like the kindest one they had. Somebody wrote the word scary when it comes yeah. to Rutgers. It's not scary bad. That was a, a compliment. <laughs> this next one starts off pretty nice and then kind of gets mean. Offensively, they're pretty creative. They're trying to manufacture yards as best they can, but it's just not there with talent. The freshman quarterback threw a lot of picks, but he has a lot of raw arm talent. You can live with the mistakes now because if it clicks for him, he can change everything for them. They have to improve that position because there are athletes on the outside. They just can't get the ball to them. Fair. That really <laughs> goes back to the offensive line and a mix of the quarterback. All right. So the, really, the, the quotes really start Is this to, a dagger from a, right from now? A co- the dagger's not yet. The dagger's going towards the end. Okay. The offensive line doesn't look like or execute like a Big Ten line. They need to get fundamentally better if they're going to have any kind of shot. Defensively, they've been decent in spots, but wear down because of depth. The next two are the ones that are, just are really bad. You have to create your own juice there. It's not the Ray Rice Rutgers where they would be a wild crowd and the team was physical. It's kind of flat. Sometimes it's hard to get your own guys going when you play there. That's the one. Whew. That's the one that was like, man. Oh, like, 
Who is that, by the way? Like, because it's got to be someone who's been here multiple times. Michigan. You think that's Harbaugh? I don't think it's a head coach. You don't think you think these are assistant coaches? Yeah. Why don't we just speculate? Why don't we just say it's Harbaugh? Then it's definitely <laughs> we don't do journalism around here. No yeah. one, no one thinks. Yeah. Like, cares what that we say. Jim, when was Harbaugh that here Harbaugh. before that? Harbaugh's been here every other year yeah. because that's how They're the Big Ten the, works. Who's at the Ray Rice teams? Yeah, but he he watched football. I think like, maybe, maybe he was just dating back. I don't maybe know. Maybe he he maybe he had a television, was able to watch <laughs> Rutgers football games on TV. Like, what if it was John McNulty <laughs> here <laughs> for the Ray Rice era? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now has had some well, experience Har- after last year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is the last one. You know who it was? Can you believe John McNulty said that? What if what if they That's called up Greg Schiano <laughs> before he quit as Ohio State coach? Oh, he was <laughs> here for the Ray Rice era yeah. and here for the Ohio right. State. This is the one that I think really speaks to a lot of the issues we've been talking about. They've been recruiting more against Mac schools than anyone else in the Big Ten. Right now, they're struggling to shake the losing culture. They aren't in most of the battles in their backyard. To me, the fact that they're recruiting mostly against Mac schools, it just tells you everything you need to know. Yep. And the other coaches see it. Like, they, they know. Yeah. They know what's going on. Yeah, they laugh at a recruit anytime they probably go to a, uh, a notable recruit's house and they bring up that Rutgers isn't on it and they just don't even take them seriously at this point. Well, well, maybe this is a question better asked on a future podcast where we have people who know what the hell they're talking about in terms of recruiting, but maybe, Adam, you can help. To me, it seems like they've kind of closed their geographic circle where they recruit, right? Like, they don't go into Florida anymore, I think. Uh, Ash Astor has, complete, has changed his attitude in terms of the Florida pipeline, not like what Greg Schiano did, but Even it Kyle is... Even Flood went there often. It, is, it has reopened. Okay. And I think Chris and Richie... Uh, we'll go into that. Okay, uh, we should as ask we them. Have oh, them on. Yeah, we haven't even. We're definitely gonna have uh, next episode. We haven't even asked Richie, have we? I have not asked no. Richie. Yeah, yet. so Richie, when we're we listening our... to this. Yeah, we're we're, we're going to have a rectangular table discussion. Well, I think it's. Well, we're having just Richie, or we're going to make we're... this a Pentagon no, table. We... Well, I think we'll sit at a rectangular table with Chris Nowaski. So no, I don't have... know how to yeah. say his name. Are we going to have two? I was letting you say it first. Two chairs on one side. Chris N. From Rivals. <laughs> and also, uh, we haven't asked Richie if, you, if you'd want to come yet. Or, Richie, you want to come on? Yeah, Richie, you're listening to this. Let us know uh, after this. Richie Schneiderite, which Adam also doesn't want to say. Yeah. And have a rectangular table discussion. Um, We're going to preview the season. We yeah. need a, a preview episode. Some other podcast. With some special treats. So some in. other podcasts. The Scarlet Spotlight podcast, which... Uh, Blows this one away and downloads. Very true, Dan. They're having a, re- a roundtable discussion. Yeah, just We're got a have, text right now, actually. We're going to have a rectangular table discussion. Interesting. Yeah. I like yeah. the spin so on if, it. So, yeah, that, I mean, if you can only listen to one discussion this preseason about Rutgers football, I think rectangular is better than roundtable. Anyway, Mike, you were saying that when we talk to people who know what they talk, they're talking yes. about. Something yes. about recruiting that would, be inter- that would be an interesting question to ask okay. to verify the anonymous M- quote. I think based on my reading of the guys, because uh, we have premium on Night Report, use the um, it seems like that pipeline has been open a little bit. Now the difference being is Greg Schiano, give him credit in this area, just develop players. How much do we have to pay for a membership so we can rank the recruits? <laughs> What? So we can give them stars. I don't. We don't rank like here. Super uh, premium. Put Excuse me. Have you listened uh, to our podcast before? I gave all of them star yeah, ranking. Yeah. We'll bring back the pie man. Um, Three point one four one five nine. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, that's a that's a damning quote. I don't know how you shake the losing culture, and because of that losing culture right now, I made the the reference to and it. the players. Um, that's how you. Well, shake I know the how they, season I know how they shake the, the, number, the, man. the losing culture. You hope Art Sikowski hits, then you have a quarterback. Yeah, and no, you no, go forward. Yeah, at some point it's they got that. Whatever yes. that guy said before him, you got to get lucky. You got to get lucky at some point. I don't. I don't know anything other than they're going to have to win the games that they're quote unquote supposed to. UMass Liberty, they got to beat Boston College this year, and they've got to find a way to just not shock somebody. But like you saw last year with. 
Purdue. I'm not saying Rutgers needs to beat the shit out of Ohio State at home. Um, yeah, they do. Yeah, no, let's put that on. Well, sure, whatever. <laughs> um, they need to have some type of like that that like magical Big Ten feel win. It just I it's mean, not I, there. I honestly think they just got to get to five wins. Anything less than five wins this year, I, don't I guess, really see I guess. that as changing. Course. I still think they have to be able to compete in some of those bigger games. <sighs> Man, I, I, like, I'm not why? saying they're going what to. Is that? Because well, we can save that for next week. No, I, I just I, we can. I just the one thing I would reference back to again is is the early shadow years. Is there was a difference? There was a jump being made. Bro, in, it's year in, four. I'm gonna the, jump a, drop a bro on you, bro. bro it's, it's year, year four. four. Why? Okay. Like, why are you All doing? Right. That? I think you have no why are you idea. Talking. Like I don't that? think you have any idea what you're talking about in terms of program building and trying you could have stopped to that after it. about you could have just stopped that after about. <laughs> true look just because you were here and you suffered during the greg shiano years no, doesn't make I you an put, expert in program no, building it can and put me masochism <laughs> no mike it puts things into context that does make context. him an expert in masochism i mean it, that doesn't make any sense to be like uh, they gotta like what what do you want there's him to more do than in one four? program in the history of college football that's not just greg shiano at rutgers 20 years ago okay sure i just used purdue as an example last year where else do you want me to go well, with what this? year was jeff brahm in purdue year three was last year and how many wins they get? Seven, I'm seven or okay. Six and or you're saying four wins in year four is fine. Be, and being no, competitive. I didn't say that at all. I'm but, saying that we could put certain markers on it. I'm also saying of how you could judge the building of a program without just wins and losses. That is absolutely possible. I'm look, able to go to a football game at Rutgers this year, and I want to see a couple things aside from if you're like, hey. The scoreboard is not going to be able to tell you everything. I think that's the truth. Then there needs to be some other markers. I'm just that saying, doesn't seem like an unfair thing to say. I think the scoreboard in year four will be a fair indicator. But right, it, and I just said that they need to play within games of that no, of, no, of just, team. That seems that's to be the scoreboard indicator. But I just think, win I think oh, that's, we're that's weird. We're realistic fans in that we see, hey, if they win three games, but maybe you know it's a game in the third quarter against Michigan, and they're not completely annihilated at halftime against Ohio State. You can't we're, laugh we're, at that. we're like, okay, three like we're we'll see it as okay, well that's a good season. And then we can have the conversation, well, you know, will that be enough for Chris Ash to stay around and all that kind of stuff in the future that apparently Mike wants to talk about before the season starts. I, I don't, and I actually don't even know why I'm being such a hardliner here in terms of wins and losses. I'm, I'm not really that way usually, but it just to me it just I don't know. Because it's, it's, it's something seems, it's something it's, about having this because it's not been gradual progress for the program, right? It's been this up and then down, and then it's just like how much, are, how many times are we going to ride this roller coaster? But things have only so, been three years. It ha- it was kind of an up, and it was a really and then big, it was a big down. down. And that means if it goes up again, that's okay. a roller but coaster. Things are so you don't want me to say what Greg Shadow did his first four years, did you? Because <laughs> oh, that roller coaster Do you have a was tattooed there too. on your ass or something no, like his record. I'm just trying to put things into context where I just don't. I don't think you are being wholly fair. I don't us. think that you're really taking into account how down this yeah, program they're, was they're, when they're Chris Ashton and how down I am. it is right I'm now. I'm the one who was saying that Kyle Flood ruined the program when we had that epic debate. So then, why are you putting a are you putting on a mark on it because you think there's outside pressure and and he just has to it because he's going to lose his job otherwise or just no, I just, looking at it? I, I just think that when you have the type of progression and then regression that he had, that having another year where it's kind of moral victories, I don't think is the type of forward progress that he needs to maintain momentum. Really, though? Because they've been, like, if you really consider where they are right now, they've been the worst passing team in the country for three straight years. They had fewer touchdown passes last year than Navy. I, like, I agree, like, but that's, not, but that's they, not like an independent, independent factor. That's because Chris Ash hired an offensive coordinator and uh, recruited the players for that team, sure. right? Like, he's a general manager and the coach. But if they merely jump to, like, instead of being 130th in passing to, like, 108th, that would be a big jump, and yet... 
you, I guess you're sitting here saying that's not enough. Like you, I yeah, think, because they're still 108. But we're Rutgers football, Mike. Like, like what do you think? This God is? forbid I ask a little bit more of the university's football team. <laughs> I, I think it's a little strange that people want. Like, I, I don't think people realize what Rutgers got themselves <laughs> into in terms of the Big Ten overall and what Kyle Flood did and what. Of Chris course, Ash, I, I have said multiple times on this so podcast that when level? Chris Ash came into power, they literally were not feeding the players enough. Why'd you make him into a king? (laughs) I I just am confused then because it seems like... Because I'm not a believer enough of what he has done up to this point that having... You know, five moral victories this year shows enough forward progress necessarily to make me a believer. Rutgers is at the Illinois level of the Big Ten. Do you want? Are you asking them to jump to like the Indiana Maryland level or like? Yeah, I think that would be nice. Okay. Well, I think what Max described, which is moving up in certain areas of, of in terms of rankings and getting four to five wins, would that's what Maryland and, and Indiana are pretty much going to be every other year, aside from the odd seven to eight win season. I mean, I think Indiana and Maryland have had. They've had way more Five, success. Six, I'm just seven saying, you got yeah, to get that, that matters. Point. That matters. That those coaches have been but it, there. But if you're starting at the bottom, you ha- you can't jump from the Rutgers Illinois spot to the Michigan State Iowa spot. Like there's something in between there. Rutgers has got to hit that first. Now we could disagree on what that is. It sounds I, like to I just you think, wins matter. To I just me, think four years is a large enough sample size. Okay, where would, you can dis- I would disagree on that. that. You can. By the way, discredit- Maryland over four and a half wins. Bet on that. Which way? Over. Oh, over. Yes. I okay. said over. Okay. It's a good bet. Okay. I think Maryland's Do you know who their coach is? I think Maryland's going to be pretty good this year. Do you know who their coach is? I forget, but he's someone. <laughs> it's not DJ Durkin anymore, is no, it? No, it's not. No, it's Mike Loxley. Yeah. Sure. Rehabbed in uh, Alabama for a few years. Yeah. After I think he won like, he went 2-31 and 31 in New Mexico State. I can't, Mexico. Bl- I can't believe we just spent 50 minutes talking about with Mike about setting the bar where Mike wins Loxley. and losses are. All right. Uh, my only thing I was going to say, I don't think we really need to get into it that much. Can that we is, please move to the next segment? We are. We, we, we are. Season that one. We're going to get Jerry Carino a second. Quickly, let's hit on season tickets. I am. I shouldn't be surprised at the number, but I am surprised at the number. It is still a startling number that there's only 16,000 season tickets sold for this football season. 16,585. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to skirt that number and, and at sorry all. before we go on and how many yeah. how many season ticket accounts i think there were like almost six thousand okay, so, so the season tickets went down from last season twenty two thousand to six twenty two thousand went down by twenty seven percent to sixteen thousand five hundred eighty five and the number of season ticket accounts i think it's about six thousand a little under uh it went from i think it was around sixty four hundred to like forty nine hundred oh, it's forty nine yeah wow the, basically, the renewal rate dropped down to like sixty four percent after last year, which is which is god awful. And you could look at it the other way and say that I can't believe there are still this many people who are. If they sat through some I of the agree. other you stuff, would think, I guess I, I don't know. I mean, I think there are enough. Uh, you could say something about me. Go ahead. <laughs> I think there are enough fans fools. that will to come. Say fools. No, not fools. I don't think so. I mean, it's fanaticism, right? You are. By definition, crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think there are enough fans who will come regardless of product because I think it's fun to go tailgate and it's fun to go I in. I really think they should take up my idea on tarping some of the upper deck. <laughs> Just put some, go sell sponsorship we should do spots an, to We it. should do an but episode you, from the upper deck. You know what actually, <laughs> during a game. You know what actually struck me the most of all the stats in that NJ.com story? Is they said that the average announced attendance was like thirty-seven something. Oh my god! And the, the, and the actual tickets, was twenty thousand. They couldn't get twenty-six thousand into Penn State. Yeah, that struck me that they were lying and not lying. I mean, it's fudging the Listen, numbers. Listen, this area by. this area presents a lot of challenges, so I'm not surprised. But I don't know how they dig. Like they, you're right on one thing, Mike. If they don't 
come up with some miraculous win, some headlining thing, and get a fair amount of wins. Like That's what people care about in this area, and but, there's not oh. enough Rutgers fans that care about, let me see the incremental... You know, yeah, because I think I think all those numbers growth. will continue to drop next year. No, even I, if they get four right. wins no, no, and like seven right. moral victories. So that's things that, like again, we'll talk about it down the road where Pat Hobbs has to take that into consideration. I'm just saying that I don't know how you make the jump back up. I mean, they they had 31,000 the last year that Kyle Flood was the head coach. I mean, that's cut in half right now. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, it's I, nuts. That, well, that's kind of what I was hinting at earlier when I said we as kind of the reasonable people – would see three wins and like, you know, competing in some of those bigger games as a great season. The overwhelming majority of Rutgers alumni and the people who have left these season tickets, they're not going to give a shit and by the way, about three wins. I work, I work no. in a place that like people come up to me all the time and know I'm the Rutgers guy. If they know you're Rutgers, I'm sure other people at work have experienced it. They talk about it, win or lose. And a lot of times when it's bad, they will really poke and whatnot. They pay attention to how bad things get sometimes. It's not like Rutgers is disappearing into oblivion. They are noticeable for how bad they are right now. Oh, yeah. Now. No, yeah. Rutgers is... Rutgers is Well, they're in the Big Ten. Is, they can't be ignored. But is Rutgers football right now the, known as like the most incompetent thing in sports? Like, is, is that where we are? If you ask my Twitter timeline, yeah. That has to be where we are. Mm. I mean, the Knicks, I guess, are up there. and like It's yeah. definitely the first thing that writers go as a punchline and fans Co- from other... sports people, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Sorry, I'm but sorry. I, yeah. But I even mean in all sports. Like I, no, they're not. No, I mean, I the, the, the Knicks are up there. No, no, you're saying give examples. I'm saying, but I don't think the general population recognizes Rutgers as the biggest joke. Other than if you're yeah. within the college, there's football like landscape. a large segment of NBA fans, NFL fans that don't know what Rutgers is. But they do in the context of it being like, maybe. you know, maybe. No, I, the I, I think there are other professional teams just because they have more fans. That's have, fair. That's and fair. there's no way to fix this other than just winning, right? Yeah. I mean, that yeah. that is but, for sure. But the, here's the thing, though, and, and this maybe is a discussion for a different time. Is winning at merely the levels that they won at, uh, you know, during the Greg Schiano are winning seven to nine games every year and going to Bulls? Is that going to be enough? To get people really into this, because there are so yes. many different facts. Yes. What will it? Because, yeah. but but look at somewhere like no. Iowa. Iowa sells out their damn stadium every single week. They've won more than ten games once in the last decade. We're not Iowa. Like this is not Iowa. It's I don't know. Also, not the area of Iowa too. I don't because we have so many different options here for people to spend their money. Are they going to care about Rutgers going to the Beefo Brady's Bowl? Yeah. Is, that, is that something? Yeah, people are going to get into. I think they will sell more than twenty six thousand tickets to Penn State. I think the bigger games would get a little bit more juice again but no i i think that rutgers like usual whether we go back to the atlantic 10 decision to get to decline the big east stuff at one point with fred gruninger that mike doesn't even know what i'm referencing oh we talk about it with bob (laughs) good point um they missed the window on this they had that window from the mid-2000s until uh, a year before kyle flood left to try and find a way to just ingrain it into the people that were at Rutgers at that time to, to build that foundation to where it became something that you do all the time. And they just missed the boat. There wasn't enough time to build it up. That's such a small window, and the world has changed so much. Think about what has changed when we were students at a game to now if we were students and I think, and at a game. And, what it, that, and one of the things that I really, I think hits home is when you think about a school like Indiana. Indiana's got a great donor base. They they've got they've got a good at least good basketball heritage and a good athletics heritage. This is a school that's been in the Big Ten for sixty years trying to compete with these teams and they can't do it. 
right? They've been to three bowl games the last 25 years playing in the Big Ten. Yeah. How is Rutgers supposed to come in and well, do this? I don't know. I mean, I think the viability of long-term success is a different question than if you get to be a consistent seven, eight, maybe a few but years, nine-win team. I, but my point is that's that, enough. That's my a crazy job. Like, right. Raise but, but, a fan base, But I think it's also worth bringing up. Like, not They're even tied in. in. Not yeah. even Indiana's been able to do that yeah. being at this for 60 years. No, but like, that, that wasn't the hypothetical you raised at yeah, first. No, I'm saying I think if they if they become a over 500 team year after year, and basically what happens is I think there's a large segment of Rutgers fans who went to school around the same time we did, Rutgers alums, and a little bit after, and remember the glory days enough, and want a reason to come to games that they don't have right now because the team is so bad. They might. That they'll start coming to games. We have friends like those, right, who are like, you want to go to a Rutgers Or it actually doesn't even come on, it doesn't even come to their mind to go to a Rutgers game right now, where if they went respectable and you wanted to go to a Rutgers uh, not even, like even a Rutgers Penn State game, and just know that the team, the school that you went to, wasn't going to get blown out is a reason to buy a ticket. It is crazy to me to think that now my friends who either they went to Penn State or Rutgers, like it's I can't, I can't believe the first time I had to be like, if you're going to scalp, you're going to better bring like 250 bucks in cash at, to get into this Rutgers Penn State game. Like that's not even the case anymore. Yeah, that 2014 I, game. Yeah. I can't believe. Yeah, it, it's not that long ago. Yeah. It's not that long oh, it's, ago. Oh, it's a hundred years ago. But it Adam. feels like yeah. it. Oh my God! There, I mean, it's just it's amazing. Remember, remember, uh, just just remember all of it. Like just that two thousand. They went to a bowl game five years ago. Like they they should have beaten Penn State. They beat Michigan. They they played teams. Cl- so oh, they, maybe, they they did get blown out by everybody. Yeah, yeah. I'm just whatever. I'm just I'm, yeah. <coughs> but, I mean, like they went seven and five. Yeah. Anyway, rem- five. reminiscing the good Eight days. Eight and five. That's right. Yeah. Uh, should we get to our interview with Jerry Carino right now? I, I think th- we should. I think we should. We've gone long enough. So again, tampering. Uh, we talked to Jerry Carino. We've been trying to do this for a while. You hear Max say it at the end of every podcast, pay the players. You'll hear it again today. Um, so this is this is our conversation with Jerry. I think it's good and worthwhile listen in terms of the structure of the NCAA right now, how athletes are compensated, and could we find any middle ground uh, on our two sides of the argument? So here's Jerry. Enjoy. All right, as promised, uh, Jerry Carino now joins the RU Screw podcast. You know Jerry, or at least you should. You should read him all the time online uh, on Twitter at NJ Hoops Haven. Uh, obviously, been part of the Asbury Park Press and Gannett for a very long time. MyCentralJersey.com. Uh, not only a college basketball writer, uh, but also I will, Jerry, give you a ton of credit. I actually, I mean, I love your bit college basketball work. But the news stories that you've been writing a lot recently as well, too, um, have been really fun to read. And before we get into the the pay, pay the players talk, uh, we'll get into that in a second. How's kind of the new side of things going? That seems like something you're very in now. Yeah, it's fascinating. You know, I'm, I'm just a big people person, and I love to write human interest stories. I feel like we don't do that enough in the news business. We focus on crime and politics. And to me, there's a whole other genre that I like to explore. And I get these amazing tips from readers. I mean, every week. And it's just, it's, it's amazing to go and meet these folks and see what they're dealing with or to explore history. You know, it's just, I feel like I'm chronicling the human condition and it is, it's different than sports, but it's just a joy to do and I'm glad to be able to do it. Well, we thank you for giving us some time. We've obviously been planning this for a while. Those that listen to us, um, Matt, we've been talking lot. about doing. Yeah, the pay we, the we promised episode. this three months. ago. I think one no. of our first episodes was no with we Jerry specifically. Oh, with Jerry, yeah, yes, way more than three months ago. Oh, we yeah, talked yeah, yeah. about doing. But the when the we player. when we got into the idea, actually, Jerry is the one that brought this up at some point. Basically, you know, Max and and myself will take hands up. We do a little quips online uh, on Twitter and and go back and forth not only with Jerry and some other people too. And he at one point just said, "Hey." 
why don't why don't we do this one uh, with with your podcast? Um, so we're taking advantage of that right now. So let's let's get into the debate, uh, Jerry. And the first thing that we wanted to ask sure. you was just the the idea. Right now, the way the NCAA works, um, the system as a whole. If you could be head of the NCA for a day or forever. Is there anything right now that you would want to change with just more in the way in terms of scholarship compensation, anything along those lines, or do you think the system as it is, is fair? No, so it's, it's not perfect, but I just want to, first of all, and I will, I will tell you what I'm open to and amenable to. I'm not, I'm not staunchly anti-pay the players in the sense that they should never see a dime, even though that may be how I come off. What I am is in favor of doing it in a smart way and not a way that's going to hurt other people. So before I say that, let me just say that I don't, you, you say the word fair and it's an interesting question. Um, does fair mean that they get a piece of this, a bigger piece of this enormous pie that's out there? That's, that's probably the way you're viewing it. But to me, my experience having been, you know, a, a high major student athlete, and we're talking a lot of cheeseburgers and beers ago, guys, <laughs> is, is that, is that they, they it's not, slavery it's not indentured servitude it's there are a lot of perks that they get that you can go beyond even you know the debt-free education um the the scholarship that includes room and board there's a lot of perks they get so it's not it's not this life of hardship now is there more that can be done to, to maybe help them or give them a, a bigger piece of this enormous pie yeah and i think the stipend is a is a good step in that direction it's probably only going to get larger um and you know i'm open to the possibility of allowing uh, these these top football and basketball players, the one the small one percenters who are able to enter into to preemptive contracts with agents, uh, I'm open to that. If if they're if they're good enough for agents to want to lock them up while they're in school, I'm, I'm I'd be interested in the NCAA exploring that. And I'm also open to the idea of now this is tricky. We'll get into this. I'm open to the concept exploring the concept of allowing. Uh, again, those one percenters to somehow be able to perhaps profit off of their image or likeness. So I'm open to those things. So I'm not just like a brick wall of, of never pay these, these athletes. But to me, it's, these are nuanced things that maybe Twitter and social media doesn't leave room to discuss. But the idea of a school dipping into its own pocket to, to pay salaries to players, I think is nuts. For a variety of reasons that we'll discuss. So one thing that's come out recently, and it was in a USA Today article, for the first time since 2005, we now have administrative costs and coaching salaries going above what schools are spending in costs of scholarships. Overall, it includes all sports, so not just the big ones that we like to talk about, and they're usually the ones that bring in the revenue, obviously. So to me, something that's a little bit concerning, and I don't know if it concerns you just as much, that signals to me that not only are we getting in this ridiculous territory of coaching salaries in the major sports, but now we're also getting into that territory in really the non-revenue Olympic sports and we can get into further discussion of, of how important it is to you because we know your background a little bit as well. But that seems to me that once again, there are certain athletes, uh, again, mainly the football and basketball ones, usually young black athletes. And there's a little, there's obviously a lot of racial, um, you know, topics to discuss. And along with this, it seems like we're again, dipping more into that, take advantage of them, take advantage of them. And now it's, it's not even the players in those Olympic sports that are benefiting. It's, it's other coaches again. I will agree conceptually that 
it's ridiculous what they're making in proportion to yeah the benefits that players are getting through their scholarship and whatnot. It's a it's a it's a it's a bad optic. And so if I were king, and I have to use the word king here for reasons I'll get into in a minute, if I were king, would I take you know money from Steve Peichel's three million a year and distribute it to his players or Chris Ash's Chris Ash's seven million dollar extension and distribute it to his players? Of course, of course. But you'd have to be king because it's just impossible to do that in a capitalistic world. Who is going to mandate that that money be taken out of the coach's salary and shared with players? What school is going to be the first to do that? We distribute money like that. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a great idea. Sure. But who is going to transfer that money? It's just, it's la-la land, guys. But Jerry, I think one of the points we make around here is the idea that just it's not necessarily pay the players. It's don't not pay the players. Lift the restrictions not allowing these schools to pay these players and see what happens because I'm pretty sure these schools would line up to pay these players. Donors would line up to try and get the best players to come to their schools. They already do, as we as we know, they break the NCAA rules. But why not just lift those restrictions and let the free market decide and let the schools decide, hey, do we want to pay these players? Make you know, make a scholarship the minimum wage and go beyond that. And if the schools want to give the players money, let them give the players money. Well, I'll give you two reasons why. So the first one is Title IX, which we'll get back to. But Title IX mandates that whatever the male athletes are getting, the female athletes have to get. So it's not just and a big thing. You understand this, but a big, I think, a big part of the ignorance of the pro play the players argument among a lot of people is that you just pay the revenue producers. You just can't do that. There's a federal law against that. So that's one. And two is that if you allow schools to just figure it out on their own, come on, we know what they're going to do. They're not going to take the money out of Steve Peichel's pocket or out of the next facilities project or out of Chris Ash's pocket and redistribute it. They're going to screw the students. They're going to just jack up those fees. They're going to make it harder on the regular student and or probably a combination of both. They're going to just cut the smaller sports. They're going to get rid of them. But at some point, it's not going to be enough. So eventually, you're going to just be punishing a bunch of other students, athletes and non-athletes alike, to pay players who are already getting a lot. And it just doesn't, to me, that's just not smart. There's something philosophically wrong with that. And, you know, maybe I'm a parent who is worried about paying college tuition in a few years, but it just seems ridiculous to do that. So, yeah, if Rutgers was going to say, hey, no problem. We'll just take the money from Ash and Peichel and give it to the players. I'd be all right with that. But well, they're not going to do that. And the other thing is, how are you going to pay? How are you going to pay 85 football players, 13 women's ba- men's basketball players, and then 98 women's players the same amount of money? You can't apply the free market. They all have to get paid the same. So that's a law. So, Jerry, I, I guess because we're going into the Title IX stuff right now, I, I think we have to dip into it a little bit. I think a lot of the people that are listening understand it to a certain degree. Uh, it came into effect in 1972. At, at first point, it was really meant for educational purposes. It is now really dipped into on the college athletic side of things. That's where it's come into play. Sure. Now, a, a li- I could be a little bit wrong. I've been wrong before almost every other sentence that comes out of my mouth. But... To me, doing some research on this. So Title IX, there's obviously there's the the statute in there that basically says there is a requirement of equal financial terms for all student athletes, but it doesn't mention whether or not that is above their scholarships or not. So yes, you you bring up scholarship numbers and we know that, you know, men's Olympic sports, you bring up 
you know, examples of teams getting cut. It get those teams, you know, sports get cut a lot of times because, you know, schools are trying to balance the budget per se in terms of equaling out scholarships. But there's been a lot of debate whether or not that goes beyond, let's say, the scholarship level. We know there's a certain stipend that's now included that you mentioned earlier in terms of certain sports uh, that really had to do with the Ed O'Bannon stuff and everything that came uh, from that. But where we're at right now, it seems like there can be an argument made, and you can go back to the 1994. There was a case litigated about the USC men's hoops coach at that time and why he was getting paid more than the female coach, and that had to do with you know generating money. And basically, I think schools can make the argument that there are certain sports that generate revenue for the university. If we keep the baseline at scholarships, that'll not only keep their 501c3 status as tax exempt, but you can go to the Olympic model per se, and those schools are not going to be responsible. They still fall under the same category, and we're just leaving it up to essentially third parties to determine what these athletes are worth because the NCAA recruiting scandal that we're coming off of pretty much proved that only the few you know, top 1% are going to get crazy money. I think that if the car dealership on Route 1 wants to give Rutgers O'Lyman $800 to go market something, like if they view them as $800 marketable, like that's fine. And it's not going to affect anything with Title IX. That that seems like where we can maybe find a little yeah. bit of middle ground. Maybe, maybe. But going, let's, you're right. But maybe let's go back to Title IX and how it's applied by the schools. So in the early 2000s, uh, George W. Bush convened a blue ribbon commission of a lot of heavy hitters in the world of college sports and politics to try to figure out, can we do something about Title IX? Because Title IX at the time was ruining collegiate wrestling, which is making a little bit of a comeback. But if you recall, college wrestling players were shrinking because they were a victim of the way schools were applying Title IX. And they, instead of adding women's sports or women's scholarships, they were cutting men's sports. And Title IX basically gutted wrestling more than cut it in half with the number of collegiate wrestling programs. So Bush convenes his Blue Ribbon Commission to look into, can we do anything about it? And because I, the Bush family is a long history in sports, you know, the, the father, uh, the older Bush was a great baseball player at Yale. And I think there was some wrestlers in the family. Or they had connections to, to the wrestling community. So they convene this commission, and the commission is at a stalemate and can't do anything because of, are there, maybe, could it be explored legally? Yeah, probably. You're probably right, but it was it was just a black eye optic that they didn't want to touch. I mean, you saw the uproar caused by the women's national soccer team over equal pay when, in fact, they may have been making proportionally about the same amount of money as the men's team. But you saw the uproar caused by that. So multiply that by about 100 if schools are going to start paying men's athletes more than women's athletes regardless of whether they can get away with it legally or not to me it's just it's an optics non-starter and you have lawyers lining up from here to california to to sue over that on behalf of the women's athletes and it will be a disaster so i don't think it's ever going to happen i don't think anybody's ever going to reasonably explore that potential loophole to me it's a total non-starter which leaves us with the idea of like you said the car dealership you know, giving some Rutgers football player $800 to do a commercial or whatever. And that, you know, you would not think, you would think would be outside of Title IX since the money's not coming from the school. Uh, so, yeah, is that possible? Yeah. So the NCAA is looking into that? Yes, they are. What is, what is the hesitation behind that? I think it's the idea that, let's just say, some 
gazillion dollar Kentucky booster could offer, you know, recruits a thousand dollars an autograph in an autograph session. Jerry, and what's what's wrong with that? They, I mean, I don't I don't know that there is much different from what's going on now. So why not why not make it above board and we can get rid of the Fakakta FBI investigation and we can go from there? I, I think the oh, argument hold on, against hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No matter what now, you might be right, but maybe there's nothing wrong with it. But no matter how much you someone's gonna pay recruits, they're always the families are almost always gonna go for more. I don't know that any That's any capitalism. Kid, unless you're gonna all right, that's right. Unless you're going to pay them pro salaries, we're talking millions, they're going to just go for more under the table. So you're never going to get rid of that, like for reasons that you just said. Well, so I, the idea that it's going to cure any ills, probably very few. So that let's just get rid of that. The idea it's going to cure ills, I don't think it would. Even if that worked, the idea of a car dealership, you know, paying the athlete beyond his, beyond the school. Well, Jerry, I think we have to start at one uh, one starting point for this conversation. I think the argument against paying the players has a limitation of its imagination. I think there's a lot of influences in keeping the structure that is in place right now in place, right? Uh, I think most cynically, the college administrators don't want to see players get paid because that lessens how much money they make. Coaches don't want to see players get paid because that lessens how much money they make. You said, what happens if we allow players to get paid? You know, Maybe no one will pay them, but eventually there will be one school that breaks the dam and decides to pay players, and they will get recruits more often than and uh, than other schools did. And then we'll see other schools come in and start doing the same because they realize they're at a competitive disadvantage in terms of recruiting players. And eventually that'll drive down the cost of administrators and the cost of coaches, as Adam said, which is now ballooned to a point where the labor makes less than the coaches and the administrators do on the whole. No, I don't think it will. I don't think it will drive down those costs. I think... Well, there's only so much money in the pot. It's got to go one way or the other. Well, there's no, there's no, there's an unlimited supply of money. You're going to just tax the bejesus out of the students. There's an unlimited supply. You're just going to, you're just going to tax them to death, the fees and whatnot. But where is that? Colleges are going to do. But where is that coming from? What? Why wouldn't the baseball coach just not make eight hundred thousand dollars or whatever money that they're making that they're not necessarily? worth like why wouldn't the money come from the administrative salaries what they couldn't even just keep raising fees they can't do that like, and, they wouldn't do that and can i, I mean, say why I, doesn't the co- why doesn't the cost of pushing go down why doesn't the cost of a movie ticket go down to what it used to? it's not that's just the way it is man this stuff is just going to go up and up and they're just going to find alter revenue streams and my fear is that my fear is that's going to hurt the average guy or gal trying to get an education i just don't trust these colleges man i don't trust them to to get that money without screwing students. That's, I mean, maybe that's cynical, but that's, that's just, to me, the reality of it. So my motives are different than the, the greedy administrator that you cited. But that's what drives me to say, hey, if you want to pay these athletes, find another way to pay them outside the college structure. Because I don't want that coming out of my pocket or my kid's pocket. Wouldn't the Olympic model solve that? What do you mean by well, if, if we're, we're talking about NIL at this point, basically, which is what you referenced earlier with the NCAA is finally building a committee to kind of look into. We're saying that, all right, it, there is a little bit of murkiness going on and maybe there will be some really fudgy numbers going on. If you tell Rutgers, for example, that they can go put him up, you know, pretty much put a contract out there for a player. I, I get that that is a little convoluted and it's going to lead to a lot of icky situations that necessarily... Abuse, I, abuses, abuses. Yeah, okay, probably. abuses. That's a, that's a fair word. We see them all the time right now with coaching salaries that I think are abuses. So sure, I'm sure it would trickle down to that area. But for the Olympic model, all we're saying is, okay, if you left everything the same, 
you're now leaving the schools kind of out of the equation for the most part. Right. Like if a booster club wants to go and, you know, collect money together, that's not the schools and, you know, essentially, you know, license a, a kid's likeness for a little bit for the amount of time that he's going to spend at his school. I mean, I don't think that's doing any harm, especially for the fact that I always find it weird. We always have these discussions and then it gets to the point of, well, now not everybody is treated equally on the team and there's going to be infighting in the team. But I mean, you have seen this as somebody who's covered teams, especially the non-Olympic ones, non-Olympic sports. They're all different types of scholarships. And I don't see the baseball pitcher yeah, fighting the catcher. Right. So, so, so right. So, so if we're saying at this point, Hey, just like kind of let the outside people do what they want. There are still going to be slime balls. They still exist right now under this really kind of constricted system. There's still going to be slime balls on this next one. The only thing that's going to benefit really, I think in our view, are the players. Rutgers is probably not going to benefit that most. They're going to still be left behind like the Kentuckys. They may get the rare player because they could offer a little bit more, which is great. And we could, you know, that's a different argument. I'm just saying, I think that finally in this Olympic model, the players get yeah, not only a little bit more skin in the game, they could, they, they could profit off what their labor is. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but that's that's different than what has been setting me off. Like what has been setting me off that that you know prompted us to have this discussion was the whole the schools should pay the players, and that to me, for all the reasons we've been discussing, is ridiculous. What you're saying, I think that's feasible to explore, and that would take a lot of my concerns off the table. Uh, and the NCA is exploring it now. Are they going to seriously explore it? Are they going to seriously? try to do anything to work out a model that could have some kinks in it. I don't know. But yeah, I would say there's common ground there between us with that. I'm not, I'm not uh, dead set against it. I also don't think it's a huge priority like you guys do. But if someone was to say, if the NCAA was to say, hey, we're going we're gonna to try this and do this, I, you wouldn't, I wouldn't be screaming about it the way I scream about schools taking money out of their pocket to pay these athletes. I think that's ridiculous. Well, you- so that's where we differ. You guys want to see it any way possible. I want to see it done maybe this one way that won't come back and hurt the average guy. And so that's just a different mindset that we have. But Jerry, it doesn't rub you the wrong way at all that like the Big Ten, for example, has this enormous TV contract, which brings in God knows how much money. We know how much money somewhere. I don't have it in front of me. And that money is then taken and given to the athletic department to use to pay for all of the other sports while the athletes who are playing the sports that bring in that money do not have the right to therefore go and negotiate their part of that pie. Like, why are the, why are the schools entitled to that money that comes from these TV contracts while the players aren't given... Like, why is that something you're against, that the players don't have the right to go and negotiate their piece of that pie? It doesn't bother me. I mean, it doesn't bother me. Of course me. it doesn't matter to you. It's not, you're not the one being kept away from the money. Like, if, why, why, like, what? I know, you're asking me why, you're asking me, does it bother me? I'm telling you, no, it doesn't. <laughs> well, okay. It doesn't bother well, me because... Jerry, yeah, I, I was going to ask. No, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> okay. So, so players at this point, are getting scholarships, right? And I think maybe they get a little bit over uh, the, the I'll, cost I'll, of tuition. I'll put, I'll put this into kind of perspective because I think we can now use some hypothetical numbers that are actually somewhat concrete. I actually read something come out of Penn State not long ago uh, when summer camp started. They had a columnist in their student newspaper that kind of did, um, or actually, I'm sorry, it was a professor who wrote an article in the student newspaper kind of advocating in some you know potential pay for play, yada, yada, yada. So to put it in perspective, a Penn State football player who is at a 
by the time he is done with his playing career at Penn State, is probably going to have his scholarship be worth roughly around $300,000. That is for everything that comes with being a student athlete, including now this stipend. And I think what Max is saying, we're not ignoring the value, though we could argue what the value of a college degree is. That is not money to be like the biggest advantage is that they come out debt free that's nothing to, to snuff at that is very important certainly, certainly not. right certainly so not. we can kind of we agree with that but it seems weird that we're setting an arbitrary cap on the student athletes i think that you know if we gave them this right to bargain then maybe we wind up in a, in a different place i think we're too quick you know because the average person like you 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 said earlier you're worried about paying for you know child's education at some point of course you're worried that the costs are crazy right now but no offense to your child they just may not be as valuable as the quarterback right now and they that quarterback probably deserves the right to bargain and, and earn a little bit more money and that may be not only in the form of a scholarship but also taking in more money from people that want to give him that money yeah i mean i i don't no, I don't, we don't agree. I mean, I, it doesn't bother me. That doesn't bother me at all because I see, what I see is beyond the debt-free education, I see advantages that these guys get, and girls and ladies get in terms of tutoring, in terms of preferential housing, in terms of preferential course selection, in terms of better food. There's a lot of, and the equipment, I mean, goodness, the equipment. There was so much equipment as a, I'm talking about track and field in the 90s. There was so much equipment that I had. I couldn't give it all away. So there's a lot of intangibles that go into this. So there, it's not it's not a hardship to be a student athlete, okay? It, it's it's there's a lot of there's a lot to be gained from it. I don't like the comparisons to slavery and debt servitude. Am I opposed to them somehow getting compensated more? I'm not totally opposed to it, no. But do I want that coming out of the school's pocket? No, I don't. Unless they're going to pull it from the coaches' salaries, if they're going to do that, I have no problem with it. Sure, redistribute Ash's money. That- well, <laughs> Jerry, we we talked a lot about the value of the scholarship. Uh, and how that's a, a good that until, until 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 we're until somebody comes in and redistributes wealth, which we all know is not going to happen in this country, then it's just a pie in the sky. Maybe when Elizabeth Warren is president, I don't know. She, has, <laughs> she probably has a plan. <laughs> Mike, Mike couldn't resist that. Uh, I'm no, sorry. I, I, I have a question. That so we've that we, was pretty good. That was pretty good actually. We we we've talked a lot about. Don't you bring it up to her? <laughs> <laughs> if she if she campaigns in Jersey, I'll hold up a side like. I'm a, one of those Wazoo fans at game day. Um, no, I want to say we've talked a lot about the scholarship and how that's uh, you know an unadulterated good for the, scho- for the student athlete. Why do we assume that that's a benefit to the student athlete, considering what we know about how education is treated for college basketball and college football players specifically? We've had... Example: We've had numerous examples of academic fraud at places like UNC, right? Among other schools, I think was the most high profile. Uh, if you look at college basketball and college football rosters across the country, you'll see uh, large groups of student athletes all majoring in the same major. I think I looked at like Rutgers football one year, maybe it was around the time of the UNC scandal, and I don't know, like twenty of them all majored in labor studies, whatever that is, and for some reason they all had this great you know, interest in labor studies. So we assume that a scholarship is valuable because it gives them an education. But are we assuming too much and that these schools are making sure that players have their schedules, their class schedules set around practice time and other functions for the team, right? So they're not necessarily getting an education that they may want and they have to live within these um, strictures that the school sets upon them. I don't know that we should necessarily view a scholarship as something worthwhile for them to attain if they don't get the most out of it. And we look at it this as this hypothetical rather than what it really is. 
And if that's the case, so, then what's the value like, of the scholarship altogether? It's a good point. Uh, and what you're saying certainly exists. But I, I think that's a minority problem in terms of 2%, 3%, 5% of the population that is affected negatively by that. Uh, and I'll explain why. Of the schools or of the players? Really of the pl- athletes, of the scholarship athletes. I think it's a very small percentage that is negatively impacted by that. And it's a combination of there are some coaches who are assholes who, who do, you know, Jim Calhoun was, was a well-known example, who do place academics last and, you know, maybe, maybe don't have this athlete's best interest in mind there, okay? There are examples of that. And that's unfortunate. It's also up to the schools to write her on those coaches. But uh, and there are there are cases where the athletes don't you know they they want to skirt the system so th- that's on them but I, to me and I can only speak anecdotally on this fellas but I do you know I write about all kinds of people not just superstars headed to the pros but but the last guy on the bench the or the, the you know the the lesser heralded you know role player like the Shaq Dorson or the Michael Enzi or Rutgers and Seton Hall guys who who really did well academically it's there. There's a lot of athletes who do right by this system, who, who get more out of the system or as much as they put in. There are some who are taken advantage of, and there are some who scandalize themselves. But to me, I feel like that is a small but minority, but you read a lot about it because you're going to, like with anything, you're going to read a lot about, you know, scandalous behavior in any, you know, walk of life or line of work. I just, and that has to be addressed. I'm not saying that shouldn't be addressed. But I feel like for the 90 or 95% who it works, the system works well for, I just don't like turning over the apple cart and saying, oh, everybody's skating or everybody's getting a raw deal on their education. I think most are not. Some are. But I don't think that's a pervasive problem. I think that's a side effect that, yeah, would I like to see it get fixed? Yeah, but that's not – I don't see it as a plague the way you do. I think it's less frequent then than we think. I, I would agree more on the Olympic side. Again, having – been friends with a lot of the athletes, not only in the major sports, but I had a lot that were more on the, the baseball. Yeah, I mean, they're, going, they're going to class. No, no, they're going to the lab. They're taking their exams. Right. No, no. I, th- I think everybody, for the most part, is. And I think Rutgers is one of the fuel schools, for the most part, that we've known seem to, especially under Greg Schiano, cared to a certain extent. Yeah, and they, I, they do. Yeah. They I, do. I mean, but I was I, I won't mention the, the player's name, um, although he's kind of been in, in the news for his own self in terms of kind of this argument side of things, so people can maybe try and Google it and figure it out. But he was somebody that basically told me that the school really, truly Rutgers at the time dictated his schedule. Like he wanted to take certain classes and whatnot and, and yada, yada, yada. It just wound up being a frustration for him. And I think that it still turns out being, whether it's only a few, the ones who really get taken advantage of are still the ones that are usually bringing in the most revenue, basketball and football players. That's just the way it works. And I think that the pay the player stuff, it, it always goes into these wide conversations. To me, sometimes, because of your history with track and everything in terms of the Olympic sports, are you afraid that if the model switches, that over time, the Olympic sports are just going to be gutted? Like, is that your biggest fear about this yeah. whole thing? It's one of them. It's one of them. I think I've expressed those to you. That's one of them. And the other one is, the other one is that it's going to fall on the backs of the average student, you know, who's paying tuition. So I think those those are my two biggest fears. Yeah. If they went yeah, to so if they went to it. the if they went to the Olympic model, the ones that we've been talking about, I mean, that would not fall on the back of, of the students. That seems yeah. to be a very obvious one where it's crazy to me that, you know, Art Sikowski, 
you know, can't sell shirts with his name on it and make money yeah. for himself. I mean, that that seems like a yeah. crazy, easy yeah, thing that we that, could figure I, out. Yeah, I, I don't. Yes, I don't think that's, that's that's. I wouldn't have a problem with that. I'm also I'm also not prioritizing it like you guys are. But if, if it was, to, I'm not going to make it my mission to have that make that happen. But if it was to happen, I would not object to it. I would not. I would certainly wouldn't vocalize against it. No. One of the things that. It, it feels like we're, we're talking about here is this kind of different accounting, whereas so much of the money that pours into these athletic departments is from donors. And so all you'd end up with is instead of that money going to the school and then to everywhere else, the donors would be making up like a fake car dealership. You said earlier paying $1,000 an autograph. Like that's the kind of thing where it just seems like we're arguing over different styles of accounting, whereas we would just let the donors maybe give the money directly to the players even if it was under some like Fugazi advertising campaign, like, right. Like I know you said you're open to that, but it just feels like so much of what we're arguing about here is just accounting for the money differently. It'd be interesting to see. And I've had this discussion with people in the donor community. Would you as a donor be more likely to donate to say a building project or to an individual player at real schools? They do both. (laughs) <laughs> I, yeah, probably. At Rutgers, right. they build statues. Probably right. <laughs> yeah, statues. yeah. It, that's that's uh, an inter- that's an interesting question. We've had that yeah, kind well, of. Well, let's see what Jerry has to say. I, no, I, I don't. I think my again. I can only speak for New Jersey because where I live and where I work and where I've been my whole life. I, I think it most the most donors in in here, and I think at, at a lot of places would be less inclined to give to a. An athlete who already is getting a debt-free education and more inclined to give to like a, a building project um, or a campaign of some sort, a weight room that that would benefit a lot of people. So yeah, I, my my gut and my just anecdotal discussions on this think here at least the could they be less inclined to give to an individual player? <laughs> Jerry, I have a fundamental question for you. Um, sure. Why why is this system worth saving? This was, you know, created 70, 80, many decades ago, right? In a different financial landscape, yeah. in a different uh, interpretation of what college sure. athletes sure. are, in a different um, time of revenue streams for the universities and the athletic departments. I, I would argue that, like, take something like college basketball, for instance. I think all of us here love college basketball. Um I want to see it be a healthy sport and it increasingly is not because so much of the talent is coming out. I, and I think it's going to continue to increase... Uh, the amount of stars, quote unquote stars, that leave the sport for the NBA and the G League and all that type of stuff. We've seen that every yeah. year in the last few years leave for the for the draft early. I would say that college basketball is kind of a failed state now compared to where it was 20 or 30 years ago. If you allow players to get paid legally, maybe that's a way to save it and to keep some of these players who are on the edge of staying or going to stay for another year because they have a financial yeah, incentive a fa- to stay. Fail. And that... that it's not a failed state. College was immensely popular. People are incredibly passionate about it. And yeah, um, to me, I'm in the, I'm in the opposite camp. I don't. If you, I have no problem with people. If you want to go to play in Europe, if you want to go to straight to the pros out of college or the G League, go. You know, that's the NBA's got to fix one and done. That's not college's role. That's the NBA's role. They did it to increase the brand. So then when you know when a call towns comes into the T-Wolves, everybody knows who he is after a year at Kentucky, instead of nobody knowing who he is coming out of Piscataway. But, I mean, that's, yeah, go. I don't, skip college. Go do what's good for you. I'm all for that. But, I mean, as far as, 
as far as this failed state, no, it's not a failed state. It's like this is this is a great sport. It has does it have warts? Yeah, hell yeah, it has warts. Yeah, the gameplay. Every sport. The NFL. The NFL has warts. The NFL guys are guys are losing their minds. They're getting dementia from hits. Yeah, but at so least in the NFL, as opposed to college football, they make some money while they're doing it. Yeah, but they, they don't. But there's there's a lot of ex players who, for decades, who made you know a lot less money who are now destitute to their medical bills. But anyway, we're getting off. Which on will a happen to a lot of college football I'm, players. What? Yeah, and and and, and the, you could probably make a different argument that they should be they'd be entitled to health benefits. Yeah. Yeah, we're kind of going in a different direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, but sure. I, I get what you're I saying. Agree. I, uh, I agree. One, I agree. A couple... Listen, to go back to your point, it's not a failed sport, and that's why that's why the system is worth saving because it's immensely popular. So you know, it, it goes to the point where at some point, why don't we just, if we're going to just pay them, why don't we just get rid of the college system and just have club sports like they do in Europe? Sure, have club sports, and if you're good enough, you know, instead of going to college, you go into a club farm system. Go ahead. But you know what? The the interest in that will be fractional. People just won't care. It'll have club sport attendance. It'll have G League attendance. People identify with college sports because it's been around so long, for good or for ill. It's entrenched in people's lives. So there's a lot of passion in this. Uh, and the second part of that, what I'll say is why is it worth saving, is because you have, I don't know, 100 different sports between Division One, Two, and Three, men's and women's, all the sports. So there's a lot of people gaining a lot from the college sports experience beyond the two revenue-producing sports. I don't know that it would be fair to just gut that system because, you know, the 1% has issues to, all, to thousands of athletes. So, yeah, I think it's worth saving, and I think it works for most people involved. And I think these people are incredibly passionate about, about it. But if you want to create a G League, you know, a, a club thing, instead, go ahead, but watch interest plummet. So that's... Watch people not care. So that's probably why it's worth saving. To, to me, you don't decapitate the body. You, 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 you give a local anesthetic and perform surgery on the arm. All right. I, 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 listen, I think some fair points on that in, in, in direct respect to college basketball. O- overall, I want to get back to something that I think I was hinting at earlier, which is when we talk about, again, pay the players and we talk about where the money is going right now, I think all four of us have agreed that the revenue really stems from two major sports. That's basketball and football. The majority of athletes, again, tend to be black athletes that make up those sports. They also tend, a lot of them, to come from poor families who a lot of them have not gone to college. We've seen their recruiting scandal and, and kids trying to you know get money for their parents and get them in better situations. So I think overall, the three of us here on this podcast are advocating not only to help those players with an Olympic model or some other form of compensation aside from scholarships because the scholarships in some areas are a little bit tainted based on, on, the, on the way the school kind of dictates things to them. So don't you think there is some inherent racial talk that we need to kind of figure out in terms of certain, you know, subsets of the system are being taken advantage of, or, or do you not think they are in your view? I don't know. I mean, I see what you're saying with the percentages of the athletes, but to me, the beauty of sports has always been that it's colorblind and that if you can, you know, sports, you know, baseball integrated way before America did much of America. If you could play the sport, you could play the sport. It doesn't matter what color you are. And I guess I just look at it the same way is that, you know, a college athlete is a college athlete and, you know, you're all going to be in the same boat. So I don't, I don't see it in terms of black and white. I do understand what you're saying. Um, 
But I, I don't know that there's any real way to fairly overhaul that, you know? So it's just, that's a difficult thing to untangle. Well, is it, up, I don't know it, 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 is it up to journalists like yourself and others to not only be a little bit more outspoken, but to come up with other stories? I mean, I'm sure you, you've seen it firsthand where you, I'm, I'm sure you've seen as, you know, uh, being around college basketball forever, the positive stuff of it, where kids who don't get a chance to have that type of education, they, they're not going to make the professional leagues and they take advantage of it. That's great. What I, what I really think sometimes is of an issue is those borderline ones. Like we've seen, I, I don't know everything about Corey Sanders, but to me, Corey Sanders would have benefited from the Olympic model, stay in school. He can make a little bit extra. He could take care of whatever family he needs to, and he'll eventually make his way to the professional league, but he also gets the benefit of staying in school. To me, that's just like the one area where I feel icky sometimes, where I, there's just a little bit yeah. of stench because I think some are being taken advantage of, and they tend to predominantly be of, of one race, unfortunately. Maybe. I'm also reluctant, and this has nothing to do with Corey Sanders, who's speaking generally. I'm also reluctant to cry foul on behalf of someone who, who may have gotten, you know, 50 or $100,000 in a bag under the table to commit to a school. I'm, I'm reluctant to cry for them, you know. Well, you don't you don't know their you don't know their family's history. I mean, they could be living the mom could be living on the street, and a hundred thousand dollars is not going to do that much. I mean, it's all to me. To me, it's disingenuous to say that the system screws us when the system just resulted in you getting a hundred thousand dollars under the table. So to me, it's that's a little disingenuous. Did the system result in that, or the subversion of the system system result in that? Right, which is still going to happen no matter how you change the rules. But so no, no, I'm not. I understand that, but I'm not. No, I'm not willing to turn it upside down based on that or anything else. I think that I think that college athletes still have a, a pretty good lot, and uh, I'd like to see the system tweak, like we just we agreed upon, like we common ground we found. But I, no, I don't want to see it overhauled. Turn it upside Yes. No. Uh, all right. I, I think uh, there was a lot more common ground in some areas than we thought, and this was a fun conversation. Uh, as we say to pretty much every, every journalist that covers Rutgers in some standpoint, I think you even said you'll make your way out to some football games this year, so God help you with that one. Uh, always, you're, you're more than welcome to stop by the Scarlet Lot. We'll be there for tailgates every time. Plenty of drinks if you need to numb the pain of watching that, but we definitely want to have you on at some point um, come basketball season. Um, we'll I, I think one thing, Max. Max, you wanted to ask Jerry something about the basketball stuff. I just wanted to know what you uh, what you made of the basketball team in Spain and uh, them not streaming any of the games. Well, first of all, the main thing together is it seemed like they had an awesome time. I mean, we didn't see games, but man, we saw giant trays of paella and people surfing, and it looked like they had a great time. Which is really kind of the point of the trips, you know, is to bond and uh, experience something different culturally, and you know, maybe shake a little rust off. Uh, so they didn't stream the games. You know, hear different things like the there was they were going to stream them and then the contract fell through. It was like a Big Ten wide thing, uh, and I think the coaches really didn't want that tape out there anyway. Um, Can't let Caldwell kind of College see what you're too. doing over the summer. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't call them Caldwell. Caldwell's going to know by the time they play that godforsaken game in December. But uh. So yeah, I'm not. I mean, it's it would have been nice, I guess, but I, I can understand. It's not that big of a deal to me. It's about and you know people overreact to what happens in the summer. It was about to me. It was about the Michael getting a set of eyes on his guys and the guys bonding and getting some different experience. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll help. It won't hurt. It'll help. And it's gonna be fun to be around the rack. It's gonna be a lot merrier around the rack than it will be at the. 
the Shea Stadium, so to Yeah, that's not a big stretch there, right? I expect some poop joke at some point from you at some point this fall. You'll work it into I a lead. Very true. Yeah, that, fair. But, yeah, he can... But I thank you. I, I thank you, gentlemen, for the intelligent conversation. See, this is the type of discussion that just Twitter does not provide for this type of nuance. Which is, you know, we people need to do more of, and that's why your podcast is a good. Start. Oh, we we appreciate that. You're welcome back anytime. We'll have to do something in person at some point. We've been trying for it. We'll we'll get it done. Maybe something at the rack one time. We'll convince Rutgers to let us in early. I'm sure they would love to have us there this, this year. So, but we'll we'll see how it goes. Appreciate it, Jerry. Thanks, Jerry. Thank All right, guys. See you around. See it. Thanks. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, Again, we had been trying to set that up for a while, trying to do it in person with Jerry, but I thought that came off pretty well. Um, I thought there was some agreeing in certain areas. I think we got stuck in one place. I was a little confused at where Jerry was going, and he kept saying he was good with the Olympic model, but then not good with certain things with the Olympic model. So I think overall, he brought up a good point at the end. It was good to have the conversation, but it's also funny sometimes to do the quick Twitter stupid stuff too. That is fun. I, I well I, I I do I agree with that. The only thing that really kind of rubbed me the wrong way is like when, when he when he kept saying how well it's not a concern to him. Yeah, that it's was like a it's little... of course it's not a concern to you. You're not the one who's not like getting access to the market. Like it like, come on. At least he was honest though, because there are plenty of people that don't even say, well, I just don't care. It doesn't really concern me. There are a lot of others that just make up excuses and nonsense to try and make it seem logical. I think at some point he was just being like, I just think this is the right way, and here's a few ways that maybe I would tweak it because you raised some okay points and made me think about it. Now, I mean, he said they would never entertain anything in terms of you know schools paying the players directly. Maybe they won't. Maybe it's a pipe dream. But, but as I said, it's kind of like an accounting scheme. I, I agree. <laughs> you know Listen, what we should do? We, we should try to get someone from a university to come on and discuss this. They won't. Other of course. Than, other, than kill, other than Killingsworth for Rutgers. Who, who, no, no, no. Like never, the athletic yeah. department. We talked about having Killingsworth nobody, on it. But Mike. What are we going to have a Rutgers 1000 Mike, nobody. <laughs> here, I agree with you. I agree with you. The first, I wish there was somebody at Rutgers willing to challenge the model because if Pat Hobbs wanted to stir shit up. No, not even to challenge the model, just to well, like defend what, the model on this podcast. I don't think they would do it because we know why they defend it. We, they, they don't, they're going to give well, us the same canned answers. One of the things that I, I didn't get to with Jerry that I, I think would be is an interesting conversation to have at some point is the idea that like the fact that schools can't legally pay the players really hurts Rutgers. And I think I've mentioned this on this podcast before because all these other schools that they're competing against, we know that they have like this underground system of paying the players between bag men and like whatever. But, and Rutgers doesn't get to participate in that on. because we don't have that. But like, so then what would change then? Because then you could just Chris Ash could just walk legally walk into a recruit's house and drop like fifteen okay, thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean, I, then do it's think, about I do money, think Jerry how you allocate your money. Okay, but I do think Jerry was right on one thing. I think that idea of the schools just paying players, it, I mean. That is really far out there. I don't can, see them getting to that point oh, yeah. anytime soon. I'm just saying it would help. I, I think it would see, help Rutgers. I do could. see the NIL stuff changing relatively soon and some type of Olympic model being implemented. Now, they will fuck it up gigantically when they try and put little rules on it. What does NIL stand make for crazy, for the people who don't know? I said it, I said it in, in, with Jerry. Uh, Name, image, and likeness. Oh, I guess oh, I wasn't okay. listening. Okay. Yeah. Uh, can I ask you a question? So this is a hypothetical. So now Rutgers... Um, Subsidizes the athletic department with forty million dollars last year, right? A large whatever number, it is, some capacity. And Jerry brought up fees, that point. Yeah, blah blah blah. Anyway, a lot of money. How would that be received if they could pay players and that money was going to athletes? Way worse. And I feel like It'd be the a terrible, uproar terrible from 
parents, stakeholders in the university, if that money was going directly to athletes instead of to the department <laughs> itself would be unbelievable. And that, I think that might actually be like the catalyzing force to get rid of athletics at Rutgers. But like because really, of the but, various but, no because of the various no, rises right. involved. The general sure. public would go absolutely well, sure, but they're shit. not bothered by, you know, athletic department employee X who makes They're not no, because they're we, not. We, we're, you, we're the rare so we're people, the rare breed. Yeah, and, and also so many people have been at, have been asked and bought into like the supremacy of the patriarchy that they don't care. Jerry Jerry is not the minority. Jerry Jerry is actually um, more on on our side in terms of allowing change. Your Twitter, I, your Twitter does we, not we, represent. I live in fantasy I, land, man. Uh, I I don't know, man. I think that I, I think you're wrong. I really think that if you, I think if you explain it properly to the casual fan. I mean, the latest poll said 52 percent of people support uh, athlete, student athletes being. Um, Paid at the level that they are because I use scholarship as essentially. Hold on, pay. I'm not a math. Wait, you said paid at the level that they are because I count scholarships as pay. They're paying them a certain amount of money, to, which is the value of the scholarship. So what? What are you saying like to, to me? Fifty-two percent of what is doing what? Two fifty-two percent of the people polled in the last poll, which was I think in the Washington Post in uh, fall of 2017, said that they support the current. Uh, compensation for well, you just made it okay. That's like a slight majority. That was also two years ago, and that's was improved by from whatever it was in the past. I think you'd be much closer to 50 50 split now than you would have back then. All right, I think people start to see more of like the bullshit. I, I, I really do. Listen, I hope we are correct. I hope we're going towards that structure. I'll. I'll welcome it the day that it happens. Oh, I don't think we're going towards that structure necessarily. I just think that I think I think I think our I think our perspective is way more popular than you think it is. I'm not Maybe. saying it's the majority well, or a big majority, but I think it's it's probably about a 50-50 split. We're also the point. ones that are correct and on the right side of the moral argument. Right, right? exactly. So I, I feel happy about myself either yeah. way. I don't like if it doesn't happen. Uh, at least I know that I was you know trying to stand up for what I think are people being taken advantage of. I don't yeah. think that's oh, a bad you side can, to... You can feel good about yourself when I it do. doesn't happen and student athletes that's, don't get that's paid. The, yeah. That's Thank the world. God, you're it's, okay. But it's not as... But again, yes, it's not about... the world. The, it's not about them being paid. It's about <laughs> that's them... That's most of my political views and yours too. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's, it's not about them being paid. It's about them... Yeah, but be, I'm not happy if my political views don't get not put happy. out into the I real world. I could just take solace in knowing that when shit blows up, I was correct. In but that's like I was trying to say before I was so rudely interrupted... To us, it's not about necessarily requiring schools to pay the players. It's about taking away the fake restrictions that keeps them from paying the players because there are so many people out there who are willing to give these athletes money for their talents when they have a very small window in their lives to take advantage of of their talent. And the money would pour in. We've talked about it. You'd, you'd have you'd have so many fake like advertisements. You'd have let me ask you, would like you all be- this. All this shit that would just allow these players to get paid if you did that name and likeness stuff, which is why it's such, it would like Mike was saying, it would be such like a fagazi thing. Like, what's the point of that? If you had enough money, right? Let's say you win the lottery, or I don't know, um, would you become a bagman? A bagman? No, yeah. the, you don't. No, Mike, you don't know how this works. The bagman, like the bagman, is just the guy who delivers the money. Okay. Uh, sorry, you're right. Yes. Would you be the guy who absolutely funds Rutgers all of these basketball players? would get like the top five recruits one year, win a national championship, and then it would be taken away because of because of you know because I did that. But it would be a fun year, and so who cares? I don't care. Do you guys care? Would you you guys no, would of take that? Not. Right? What? The you, Fab Five was one, real. One year, Rutgers gets yeah, like the course. Fab Five or like like that that Kentucky team that had like Anthony Davis um, or I guess the, even the Carl Towns team that didn't win the title but went undefeated until the national semifinals. Um, you get that season. 
but they're all paid, and you know you lose the program yes, for a couple we of years. Still take it, yeah, of absolutely, course. right. Derek Rose still took Memphis to the final game. <laughs> all right, Jerry did mention one thing on the back end. We were asked one question about basketball. We'll try and have him on come the uh, November time frame or whatever when we get back into to basketball talk. Um, there, what the fuck is what that? What was that, guys? What? Are you familiar with the Bells Must Ring campaign at Rutgers? I mean, kinda. I'm not. Can you please explain? With the most recent donation from the RU Screw podcast, the Bells Must Ring campaign has hit $25,000. What? We're crazy. We have, yes, ju- we have just donated $1 Whoa. to the men's basketball program to help give them some money so they can maybe stream their games next summer when they travel abroad. Round of applause for us. Good job. Yeah. Everybody clap it up. We are uh, we are doing our part as donors to Rutgers Athletics. We are now the establishment. I yeah. think uh, Max... We're major donors now. So yeah. the Bells Must Ring is what? This is this new campaign mm-hmm. that Rutgers has launched to raise what is money. What does that mean, Bells Must Ring? Well, okay. Do you have... Um, we're going to tie in some segments right now. Can you give me Wanker of the Week music? Oh, I, wanna, oh, I mean, I don't want to go into my wanker early. of the week. You don't have to. Okay, I'm I want to do mine now. I, you I, can save yours for any point. I have a very point. specific wanker any of the point. week. So do I. I have one. Wait, that so needs we're to going be... to wanker of the week. We're not for discussing me. this. We are. Okay. I'm going. This to. is weird. I don't know how to mix okay. segments. I'm confused. I, no, go for it. I'm I just know. saying. I don't know how to shh, feel about shh, this. Play the thing. Play me. It's time for wanker of the week. Cheerio. Okay. So my wanker of the week is Mike. And Mike is my wanker of the week. That's funny because I have someone else from this podcast. In, in all seriousness, and this does have to do with the Bells Must Ring campaign. Okay. Mike really did not know in our group text chain what the fight song was called nope. for Rutgers. Nope. He had no idea. Nope. A guy who is fairly into sports, covered it for the Targum, yep. knew a lot. I mean, attended plenty of football games. Actually, I no. thought paid attention. Okay, in some capacity, you, you covered basketball, yep. plenty of stuff. Yep. Somebody of your intellectual <laughs> capability should know that the Rutgers fight song is the Bells Must Ring. Had no idea it was called that. I know. You're a wanker for not knowing that. <laughs> you were doing this podcast with it. Like, I wondered, right? I was, I was, I would wanted to go I text mean, I Max today concept. and be like, can you play the fight song? And I was going to go, Mike, can you name that fight song? And he was just going to say, oh, the Rutgers fight song. Yes. And I'd be like, give me the name of it. And he wouldn't be but, able to do wait, it. But one of the, I mean, why are you surprised? You're a wanker. This? One of like, You're like Mike, one of the things. I know he knows nothing. One of the things about this podcast is it's sort of like a, we're ourselves, but I think it's also like, it's like a ridiculous, it's like an over, not not that we're putting anything on, but like, you know, in this, in this context, but we're like more, it's just kind of a, what's the word I'm looking for? An accentuated version of the way that we really are. Mike's not playing a character. Like he really doesn't know these things <laughs> and he goes in like not knowing what the player's names are. Do you have any are. idea of the difference between, I, this is probably gonna blow your mind. Okay. You know that, um. There are like two, not versions of the fight song, but they sound very similar. Do you know what Colonel Rutgers is? <laughs> no, not who what? Colonel Rutgers oh, okay. is. What? No. Henry Rutgers. It's a, it's a, it's a like, no. it's part, right, exactly. I don't, I, know, what you're I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking it, about. They play it um, when there's like a minute left before uh, when the team's rolling up for basketball. It sounds a lot like the bells must ring, but it doesn't have like the cheer, like are you rah-rah in it. It goes a little bit quicker. Is that the one that starts with the drums? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I, well, we'll have, well, I found our music at the end of this. Pointed at, <laughs> yeah, this you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to point it out to me because I don't I know will. what you're talking about. I'm just saying is I don't expect you to know that. I do expect you to know that 
The Bells Must Ring is a Rutgers fight song. You should know that doing not only this podcast, but just in general because you went to Rutgers. Well, also, I mo- would think that I'm more of the average person in that regard. I was trying to guess. This. Average Rutgers th- fan or average, not like average Rutgers, Rutgers alumni? fan? Average Rutgers Alum- alumni. I'm fan. Yeah. Average Rutgers alumni. What's the percentage that know that the Bells Must Ring is the fight song? Name of the fight song. Alumni or? Alumni. Oh, Rutgers alumni, I not fans. say 25%. Maybe. Oh, it's lower than that. The name like, of the fight song? Oh, the name. Yeah, um, know the name of the fight name. song. No name way. Of the fight no song. way it's 25%. Not the Are You Ra Ra yeah, chant. Okay. The name of the fight song. Name of the fight song, then I would put it like 7%. Wow, that low. Yeah. Mike, your wife went to Rutgers. She doesn't know the name of the oh. fight song. Like, text her right now. <laughs> She's not going to know. We'll the get name you the answer song. later in the podcast. Um, I'm texting her. Just, uh, I'm curious. Um, okay, so Mike was my wank of the week. Mike, text the the, the Rutgers <laughs> football fan that we went to school with, who you were referring to yeah. vaguely before. What Mike the fight come song to football is. games if the if the team is good. Okay, so anyway, it goes back to the point that the bells must ring ties into this new campaign. And again, credit to us, pat ourselves on the back. We've now donated. Three times, I think, to this fund. Oh, we've donated way How more many than times? three times. So we donate. <laughs> sure, we're, we're like, the leading donor for the men's soccer team, the field hockey team, the women's gymnastics team, the women's lacrosse team, the women's swimming and diving team, the Rutgers Spirit Program. Uh, we were the leading donator for the wrestling program, uh, but someone came in with a two hundred and fifty dollars donation to overtake us. Um, and in order to <laughs> in order to be <laughs> the leader of all of those, we had to donate a grand total of thirteen dollars. All right, so again, this is this new campaign drumming up by the athletic department. This is the next phase. I actually got a call from someone at, at the R Fund Dang. who was trying to like figure out who to... Because I put in the RU Screw podcast as the as the name, oh, and they God. were trying to figure out how to put it in their system. And I was just like, well, first name the RU, last name Screw podcast. And she's like, she emailed me back. She's like, no, I can't do that. Uh, um, so we're just in there as an organization that donated. Uh, oh, the number one podcast as far as donations to the Bells Must Ring campaign. Yeah, step your game up. Again, if you are a dedicated Rutgers podcast, uh, other than being an actual journalist, I don't think the Rutgers rant should be donating. The others, though, I think you should maybe put your money... Uh, the Scarlet Spotlight is. podcast, which... Uh, Blows this one away in downloads. It does, Danny. It does. But uh, it doesn't blow it away in terms of donations to the Bells Must Ring campaign, uh, otherwise known as the Rutgers Fight Song campaign. Oh, I should have cut that up, Mike. Um, that's, that's true. That's so true. I, I just texted five people who I know who all went to Rutgers and graduated from there and asked them, do you know the name of the Rutgers Fight we'll Song? We'll get an answer before the end of the podcast. Or I just, so, no, no one likes me and we'll respond. Right. So, so what do we... Oh, one person just responded, and I quote, isn't it just called the Rutgers Fight Song? <laughs> How, here's an idea. Why are you shaming me and not blaming Rutgers for getting the word out? Well, right. There's that. And like I, I've told this like, story why before. Am I, the, the, like, I, I, was, I was in a class at Rutgers a couple of years ago of 60 people, and I was the only one who knew what the football team was playing on Saturday. Like, no one knows what the name of the fight. It's lower than 7%. Oh, that's sad. It is. It's very it's sad. sad. It's why Rutgers will never be anything special when it comes to athletics. It's just, it's not there. Uh, on the whole, well, in athletics, maybe. I mean, we're no, seeing, you, we're need, you need a in culture. Fo- There's just no culture in terms of, especially pride. And I know it's ridiculous that pride stems from this idea of sports. It's stupid. It is a dumb concept. It's just the way things work around universities and colleges. So with no like, there's no like sense of identity. Like there was, there was this culture that was being developed when we were at school during the Greg Schiano hours. It, again, ridiculous. They were just winning football games, but like that was a culture being built. Mm-hmm. And people were knowing Rutgers, yes, because of football, but it it gets more people to the school. It just brings people together. So. Yeah, you're right. Mike's right. They should. You probably didn't pay attention in freshman orientation. So you're the wanker of twenty five percent. I still think that you doing this podcast should fucking know the fight song name. Yeah. 
All right, we'll put this up as a poll after. Well, but but our no, poll, but our, but our poll, poll respondents. People, no, no, no. I mean, we're gonna put this up right away. We can actually do it right now, Max. If you go on, just do you know the name of the Rutgers fight song? Just yes or no. But our the people who follow us that'll on make Twitter me look good are going to know what yeah, the name of the fight are song start is. Voting now before the podcast is up, we'll have. But you don't 12, understand. It doesn't matter. There's, there's like thirteen followers that we have. Yeah, there's like like we'll get like sixty votes in the poll, and they'll all be people who are crazy about Rutgers. Like they're they're gonna know. Okay, can we talk about how bad this campaign? Yeah. Was launched and just I think while the idea is not terrible, the stupidity of it in terms of how it was was put out there is just yeah and a mo- so Rutgers on a Monday in August, like it's just it's bizarre. I mean, right again, one was it was last week, right? We're taping this on Monday. It's, it's last Monday, a, a yes. week. It's a week old. Yeah, this campaign and right now we just became the how how many donors are have there been? There have been seventy nine donors. Seventy nine. In a week. If but, that doesn't tell you anything about not only the PR aspect of it and the boondoggle that that was, just overall, even with that disaster of a, a launch of a campaign, you would think there'd be more than 79 people right. like, hey, I'm, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll give 15 extra bucks. But even but even like in, in, in advance, you could have like, I don't know, talked, gotten the word out and you could have, I'm sure there are parents of players who would donate why did, $20. Like how, here's, why, are, why are we the leading donators for five different programs? It's crazy. And like, and also the, the spirit program and also we're for the, the, uh, the wrestling program. Like how are there just not people That's who are usually, you know what, who are we usually like donate to the spirit program because he doesn't know the fucking fight song. That's you true. should donate should. personally more. I mean, I, I expect to be reimbursed for I the mean, money that I donated. So. Better than the lacrosse program. I will pay you personally for the spirit one because Mike clearly doesn't care about them. That was a five dollar donation. I'm in. That, I'm that was in big for that. Time. That I'm was before. That was. They deserve it. That they was. Do. Well, They're awesome. That, that was the point. Where I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'll give one donation, and then I was like, wait a minute, I'm gonna donate to all of these programs that have not gotten any money. Right. Um, I like it. But uh, I but mean, yeah. Then then that this doesn't went, this went doesn't down. this speak to the issue overall that Rutgers has. In terms of athletics and and the donor base, it just doesn't exist. It just doesn't yeah, exist. Yeah. Uh, well, that but we talked about that before. If the football if the football team got really 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 good, really good, I did, they have I, to get really good. <laughs> like they have to be like top twenty five every year. How, if they got there, I think the donor base would be there. I do. I don't even think they would. You be. don't think so? It would take so long. They were at a really uh, a, a fairly elite level for a while, but they weren't elite elite. I mean, like if they were enough, Iowa, they were. If, if, they but, were but enough, Iowa like ranked more. They right, were enough more to build a culture where giving has to matter, and Rutgers has never been able to build that. And I and I'm with you. You. May made the great point indiana is at a certain point where they've had 60 years to try and build it up and compete with the yep. greats of the big 10 rutgers is barely into this but there there is no foundation built and that's why we make fun of we make fun of the pat hobbs of the world in the athletic department when they do shitty rollouts like this because you have to execute it well in order to find any success so you can't fuck up things like this like i to me do we want to go into our ideas in terms of do we want to talk about money. some of the framing around? Yes, go how for. This, I'll, I'll get my give my ideas at some point well, when you ask. Th- just real, just some of the, the the quotes from this campaign. It just it's kind of, they're kind of funny. Um, so uh, this is from the article on NJ.com. Uh, Rutgers Nation makes those bells ring by building a championship culture. Every gift of every amount gets our student athletes one step closer in their climb to the top. Um, this new campaign is about the impact of participation. Every person, this is the line that I really thought was good. Every person and every gift makes a difference in the lives of Scarlet Knight student athletes. Like you're donating to some like really important charity that's like feeding children or something. Breaking news. Got another text back. Uh, response is, are you rot rot? Question mark? <laughs> you're not going to, none of them are going to know. God. 
No way. Again, no I, one's going to know the name of the fight song. Okay, so that's a, a kind of a bad job by me, but it just speaks again in volume. There's just there's no culture built. There's no caring about athletics. And by the way, that's not the worst thing in the world. Like, uh, we can yell all... We make fun of these programs who just... There's money just thrown around and what, like... I don't care that much if people are like, hey, I don't want to give to athletics. I don't think it's that important. I don't care. Like, that's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, but I think we're, we're always going to have that problem it's around sports. here because it's a pro sports town. Right. It's pro sports. Like, it's also just yeah. the culture it, back then, back way, way, well, even though they were. It I, just, think, I think it's more difficult to say than just it's a pro sports town. Like, I, I, what was the number they threw out? Maybe it was in one of these press releases or something. Like, there's 500,000 living 500, Rutgers alumni. alumni. Like, it's a pretty big number. It's I crazy. They just don't care about sports. Right. No, but I think it does have to do with how Rutgers is unable to cultivate a fan base. You have a very large population to pick from. And for whatever reason, whether it be like something atmospheric or just systemic ineptitude, they can't, they can't get people to care, let alone to give money. Like let alone, like let alone. Yeah, before they even to get money, they're not tickets. showing up. They're not yeah, showing up. Yeah, let alone to buy tickets, which is a direct like return on the money that you spent. Before you even get to the like donation part, they they don't get people to care. It's just, but it's just not part of what we do here. Like it's not. But, it's I mean, you grow you grow up in Iowa or in like Tuscaloosa or wherever, and like that's just part of what you do. You go to Alabama football. You go to Iowa football. You go to Penn State games. It's just that's your team, and you donate to your school. And like, I just, I, just so I don't think we can create this culture just out of nothing. Not now. Breaking news. Yeah, what I'm, I'm wrong again. Okay, nope. Go ahead. The answer is just nope. <laughs> okay. So, I. I'm with you. I don't know how you do it now. Again, I think it's so much, it's so more uh, impossible in today's climate, the way we live with technology and just the way things are. Like, it's very tough to build that culture. Rutgers missed out on it in, again, the 60s, 70s, 80s. Like, it just, because they didn't want to be like the Alabamas of the world and whatnot, or the West Virginias. Well, they, they I know they weren't that. as good. Well, I, I'm just saying is, again, they had certain opportunities yeah. to take advantage of it, build some type of base, and it's just, it's not a part of New Jersey. And, I don't know how it's ever going to be. I I, I get, think get, get really really. And I still we th- had an episode about this. It was called the relentless pursuit yeah, of excellence. Really, it was a minute and forty really, seconds really long. Good. Yeah, get really really but really I think good even at football. It, I think even at that point they're going to run into some major problems. I, they're just going to have to rely on this crazy money that comes in right. from the Big Ten at some point, and that and that's it. A lot of it does have to do with being in the just being in these major cities, like even the University of Miami. They had a lot of financial that's also, problems. That's over also the years. a private school. It's a private school, but they've had some financial because peep, they just don't have the donor base because it's just not part of like the cult. They were, and they were great, obviously. And they, they have, were they great have program. devoted fans, which is, I mean, to your point, like they have devoted fans, and they, yet they still had these financial yeah. problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. It's um, so any the campaign itself. Yeah, it just it's frustrating. It is it is so Rutgers. It's like you said. I don't I don't get it. Why release it? Why come out with this thing at this point in the summer right now? Morale is at an all-time low. Nobody's excited for football. Maybe they think it's going to get worse. They might, it, and it and it might as well. But I don't think it would is get this the worse. Fundraising but to I buy out a coach. I don't think it would get worse week one of the season. So again, oh, oh it will if they oh, use they okay. lose to UMass. Yeah. Right. They I lose no, no, to no, UMass. No, no. I get it. I get it. Andrew I get Brito it. and them boys. He's so the quarterback. Yeah. Five oh, foot nine. Name? Yeah, yeah. Can I get okay. into the ideas? In terms I'm saying, of, what, was that yeah, Jersey guy? Well, he's not the name, but he's probably going to be the guy. Can we get into the ideas then in terms yeah. of how to build a base or how mm-hmm. I would do things differently in terms of this campaign? Again, I don't understand why it was released. Breaking news. I'm over for it. Breaking news. <laughs> this one is good. Um, <laughs> one uh, when I when they asked me how I found out, I said Helfcott told me, and the response was Helfcott knows best. So at least you got a fan. Um, <laughs> the response was 
The my father brought me to old Rutgers and resolved that I should be a man. That one. That's not even the fun song. Oh man. So. Do you know what that is? That's not like that's, Mike. Do you know that's what that the is? Alma mater. It's not okay. even the alma mater anymore. Well, that the, those lyrics are not the album, right? But by the way, that's, that, that, on that. have we talked about on this podcast how bad that maybe when they changed it? Yeah, because because like it was or maybe so, we didn't. It was so beautiful how the students fixed the old alma mater. Was my father sent me to a Rutgers and resolved that I shall be a man, and then you heard in the background or a woman, right? Like that was just a beautiful moment of progression that the students fixed themselves, and yet for some reason, some re- some people felt the need to actually change it. I thought. They should have just kept it because it was so beautifully changed by the students themselves. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, do we want to get? Are to we our, getting to the ideas? Yeah, do we now? get to our ideas? Okay. Um, so, so, unless we have another tech. No. Did you really just talk and not even talk into the microphone there? <laughs> did. Mike had Mike had the microphone <laughs> down. True. It was at an area that does not talk. <laughs> My knee. Sure, that's where it was. Uh, you wish. <laughs> which, which one is the fight song? <laughs> I only know them when I'm drunk. And I I kind of like this uh this new segment of like texting people questions about Rutgers and getting answers live on the podcast. You asked a great trivia question yeah. today, by the way. Yeah. Uh, from our, oh. our our was that who was the Twitter last player handle. to to throw a pass left-handed for Rutgers? Because if McLean Carter is the starter, um, he will be a left-handed quarterback. And the answer to that, of course, was Trey Sneed, who threw the uh, pass to Gio Rochino in the Penn State game that. Uh, was dropped in the end zone, and that was dubbed the fairly special. Yeah. Um, all right. I'll. So I'm ideas. just gonna go. Our ideas. Do, ideas. Do uh, who, so. Do you guys want to go first? Should I go first? I think we let, should go first. Let us go first. Yeah. Go yeah. Okay. Because uh, I actually. Would you like I actually Adam, you go first. Okay. Because I think I'm, I'm the only one that's really semi-serious. No, I have Maybe. a semi-serious okay. one. Yeah. Right. Well, I have a really serious okay. one. So in terms of just the idea, how I would have launched this campaign, I would have. Um, Either the week of the first game, I would try and time it. Now, I know it's an early game this year, and I don't know exactly when students are on campus. But every year before the first football game, home or away, I would try and get, we can call it a pep rally, some type of event at the stadium. You could even do it at the rack if you feel like you're not going to get a lot of people. Though I think you could do it at the stadium because you make it as part of freshman orientation where you open up the football stadium, you plan it where the team would do just like a basic walkthrough and maybe a skills competition, kind of like a Midnight Madness, and you invite all your season ticket holders, and they will get a coupon that night or a ticket for free drinks and free food that night. You could open up the lots early and make it like a tailgate thing, and then everybody goes into the stadium. You could teach the students, the freshmen, what the fight song is and what it's called. And alma mater, everybody could sing it together. It just is like a happy occasion type thing. So I would have done that leading up to UMass. I would have also then at that point, you could have maybe considered doing the statue reveal at that time. I don't even care about that as much. But I would have done at some point, have Chris Ash, Steve Peichel, and Pat Hobbs all speak. And in some capacity, not long speeches, just about the value of giving back and how it's a community and how, why this is important to athletics. I I know it sounds boring. I try and find a way to spice it up. Oh, I, I, it sounds like propaganda, but and, I like it. Right. And, but that, that's what this whole thing is. And at some point, I would have just said, like revealed with fireworks and all this stuff, have the bells must ring playing, b- playing by the band, everybody yelling flyover? the fight song. That's the fight song, go, by the way. Go with the flyover, all that stuff, and just made it a big pop and circumstance type thing and tied into this football season is starting. We need help. And just 
for the from now on, it's called the Bells Must Ring. Whenever you give money, here's who it helps. Have all the athletes in one of the sections too. Have them parade on the field and give them a nice big round of applause. All that just just make it a big event. Instead, it was just some random release that didn't see me ready to go on a random Monday in August. They have seventy nine donors and twenty five thousand dollars thanks to us. One <laughs> week into this, I mean that is beyond pathetic. Yeah. It's beyond pathetic, and it's not and Pat Hobbs. A typo. By the way, it's not Pat Hobbs' fault that there's no donor base. It is Pat Hobbs' fault that his administration right now and departments can't do simple things correctly. That is basic. That is not asking that much to do. Well, they got the beer thing. Like the, well, don't get me company. started on the beer thing. So well, that's we'll where, see well, what they do well, with the beer thing. I guess thing. that was a little bit of an angry Adam, but that that is. <laughs> should I play? Play the it. Angry? Play should, it. Which one should I play? I don't. Whichever one. The you most want. British yours, one. Yours. I like yours. Yours is. Hello, Governor. Let's check in with our cantankerous co-host, Angry Adam, and see which blustery bloke has got his knickers in a pinch this week. Seriously, though, I, I just I just would have done it differently, uh, and I, I think it, it's not that crazy to ask. I think it was typical Rutgers, so that would be my idea. You have to try make a big event when you do these types of things, and also that event would make season ticket holders feel special. There's only so few left. Well, make, they have make the fifty yard special. line dinner, Adam. Yeah, great. So they need three tables this year <laughs> instead of eighteen. Christ. Uh, okay, so mine is a little less like cult inculcating <laughs> type of thing. I was using the um, Rutgers Game Day app the other day. One, did you know that Rutgers has an app? No. Okay. So like, a, the, like the fight song. Yes, I did know about. Uh, it. Is okay. it called the Bell? The, oh, it's called the Rutgers Game Day. App. Yeah. It's not called the Bells Must Ring. It should be called the Bells Must Ring app. Yeah. Why not? Uh, so they have a Rutgers Game Day app, which apparently you're supposed to use if you go to a Rutgers football game. I don't know if it's for basketball games as well. So I, I played around with it a little bit. Um, first thing that really got, came to mind was that it reminds me of like when you'd be on your cell phone in 2013 and had slow internet connection and ESPN.com only loaded in black hyperlink text. That's kind of what it looks like. And there's really nothing to it. Um, and it got me to thinking, you know, what's the, what is everyone on these days? Their phones, right? Correct. Why not build an app that is as necessary as possible to the Rutgers fan experience and which also has a donate button involved so fans can easily donate to the Bells Must Ring campaign or any Rutgers thing that you want to include on there just from their phones. Drunk at a football game when they just... Can you not donate right now? From, not from the game day app. You, yeah, I'm mean, sure you can on like the browser. I mean, sure, but, if you yeah, give me like easier, seven yeah. friction points uh-huh. to get there. Um, you know, so here's my thing. Do you know... How, uh, what Bernie Sanders' best day for fundraising is? No. It's the 19th of every month because his donors have set it so that when he entered the race on, I think it was February 19th, the 19th of every month, they donate again to his campaign. Every month, that's his best fundraising day. Why can't something like that be available on the Rutgers app? They have that option to donate monthly. I understand. But one, they didn't do that until they rolled out this campaign this month. Hmm. Two, it's not on your phone. You have to go to the website. You have to go off of Twitter. It's not on this app that should be so necessary to your game day experience when you go to Rutgers football or basketball game. How about this? How about I donate seventy cents, seven dollars, seventy dollars every time Rutgers scores a idea. touchdown? Good. Um, like, well, why that's is good. it so hard to do? That was the other thing, by the way. Did be we, on my phone. Did we really not think like why don't with this launch of the R, uh, the Bells Must Ring campaign? Why wasn't there some push? Be like, hey, for the first 
month or just the football season, we want everybody to donate. Anybody that donates, donates in some form of eighteen sixty nine. So you can yeah. donate a dollar eighty six. You can't give the nine, but you can well, give eighteen. Gas, round you up can. to eighty seven. Right. You can give. You can give eighteen dollars and sixty nine cents. One hundred eighty six dollars. So on and yeah, so yeah. forth. Tie it into a theme. Yeah. Like this mm-hmm. isn't that difficult. It so kinda, if you can't do those, don't tie things, it to touchdowns. Don't do that. Yes. Don't be Fine. like for field every goals, touchdown. Whatever. Three dollars for every field goal. Um, Yard game, <laughs> whatever. Well, but what I'm saying is like, why isn't Rutgers in my phone? Like, if I'm a Rutgers fan, right? Can I ask you something? Would that? Do you think? I don't that, know. Do you think, think in, so. in that in that um, in your idea right now? Which I agree. Does it build though the? And this is a half-ass type of idea. I I agree. I think everything though needs to focus in don't some worry, capacity <laughs> of building of like you're building the culture and the donor base. That seems like more of just a a night. Like I don't know. If, is no, that but you are get, building culture because now I have this app. To make sure yeah. I pay attention. You can just to give it any time. Every piece of Rutgers news possible. They send me. I maybe there were games in Spain and I, there was no way to watch them. Like maybe I could see quips on there exclusively, right? Like put out yeah, a Twitter feed. That's, for it. that's Like fair. put everything in there. And so if I'm a Rutgers fan or a potential Rutgers fan, you know, like maybe there's something really cool where if I go to a game and I buy tickets and I'm just like a one-time ticket buyer every year, I still need to go on that app for some reason. Just make sure I'm in there for some for some point. And then eventually, maybe you'll drum up my interest enough. But no, you have to go to a website. You have to see a press release. You have to see a tweet. Like, there's all these different ways that you need to, all these things you need to go to first before you go there instead of just being in my phone simply with an app that is competent and does not look like it was designed by me while I'm trying to learn JavaScript. <laughs> I'm right, just saying. Two, I, just, I don't know. Two I don't pretty know good how, I mean, it's a good idea. I just don't know how much it would I think mine's help. a little better, but okay. Okay. Well, I mean, sure. You. <laughs> I actually thought about <laughs> you it. You want to brainwash people. You know, guys, I, I think that, you know, what I what I did, um, I actually prepared something for today. And, you know, the big the big reason that I did um, was that I, I really I, I really wanted to give Rutgers a way to, uh, you know, reach out to their fan base and really, really touch them. Um, so here's what I prepared. Hi, I'm here on behalf of the RU Screw podcast and the R Fund. The Bells Must Ring strives to grow the Rutgers Athletics donor base in order to provide our student-athletes with impactful and necessary resources. To be a part of this campaign, you can make a gift of any dollar amount. Every gift of every amount gets our student-athletes one step closer in their climb to the top. Donors like you can make an immediate and long-lasting impact by making a gift of any size. This new campaign is about the impact of participation. Every person and every gift makes a difference in the lives of Scarlet Knights student-athletes. please visit giving.scarletknights.com slash pages slash home dash 25 and make your donation today. Again, that's giving.scarletknights.com slash pages slash home dash 25. And remember, we are Scarlet Knights, the most passionate fans in college athletics. We cheer our teams win or lose. We stand when our teams enter and exit the field of play. We welcome our opponents and their fans as guests in our university home. 
We respect all student athletes and celebrate their efforts. We know our enthusiasm on game day helps to recruit the nation's best. We strive to make everyone's experience enjoyable. We are the State University and Big Ten proud. This is Rutgers. <laughs> uh, God, that was good. <laughs> oh, man. I got nothing else. I think that's a perfect way to... To, uh, we have to plaster that everywhere this week. Oh my god! <laughs> everywhere. Can, can just one thing I realized too. Can you really call yourself the most passionate fan base if you get seventy nine donors for your campaign in a week and a half? It's fair. It's a fair point. Oh. It's fair, but I mean, people hear this ad and maybe they'll be moved to donate now. So, you know, we have giving slash pages slash home dash twenty five. Oh my god. All right, what else do we have left to go? I feel like we should be uh, wrapping this thing up fairly, fairly uh, soon here. Uh, we sort of did Wanker of the Week. Are we, we did doing mine. Wanker of the Week? I have, I have mine. Okay. Uh, you want to do your Wanker of the Week? You kind of need to get to close to a microphone and be able yeah, to do your uh, Wanker you, of the Week. I think Mike's phone's about to die. Uh, I have a Wanker of the Week, and um, is it time for it now? Because I, this is going to actually get semi-serious. Should I play it again? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Play, play the Charlie one, though. No, no, that's Angry that's Adam. That's Angry Adam. Oh, sorry. Wanker of the Week only has go, one. Go. I wasn't, yeah. Play me. I it's time for Wanker of the Week. Cheerio. All right. So I had one last week that I, about Pennsylvania, um, but I'll save it for Penn State Week. This one's going to get serious. Adam, I, I want to talk to you about something. I want, to tell you, I want you to tell me what you think. Um, my Wanker of the Week this week is Max. Uh, Max and I used to be in a fantasy football league. And it was... I mean, we did it for five years, five years straight. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he dropped out this year, and now we're struggling to put a, a league together. And I feel like that type of uh, action is just so, so douchey. Like, it, don't you think that it should not? Like, someone who is your friend. <laughs> what are you guys still playing? Nothing. Nothing. No, playing nothing nothing's playing. No, no, nothing. We're with... laughing at you and use, trying to use this platform to guilt me into joining your fantasy league that I don't want to be in anymore. I, I just think it's wrong. I told you two months ago that I didn't Are want you to be using I just think it's wanker wrong? of the week for your own personal game right now. <laughs> yes, yes, that's, that's awesome. I love I it. Good for you. I just I just think that it's a to have someone leave your fantasy league after five great you, years you together. Had three people leave your fantasy league. <laughs> yeah. But I wasn't like friends with two of them. I don't do a podcast with the other two. So, just in all uh, in all honesty here, in terms of fantasy football, I have never been into fantasy football. I am in one league, and I split that with somebody at work, and I joke that I am the owner or silent partner. I do nothing. Nothing. I give we, the money at the have, beginning of the season. This other person does everything else. We should try college fantasy football this year. Just mess around with it as a podcast. Maybe get a couple of <laughs> listeners to I mean, Maybe. whatever. There is, there is, I'm there sure are those be, leagues. I'm sure there would be plenty of people uh, that would do it. I, I would I, join it because I, I'm your friend. I really don't know what, what to say here. Like, I, I'm really kind That's of it. You're my wanker of the week. I for can't this. believe you would use this. For yeah. Of I mean, I'm impressed that you I would think, use it. I think that it's treacherous what you've done. And I think you should be out of I, I so, really think it's funny considering that for years in this league, you have claimed that nobody wants me in the league. That I used to co-run this this team with somebody else who's who's also left the league. Yes. And that we're the villains and that nobody likes us. And now you're begging me to rejoin your league because you need me. Whoa, you need your out, league. Your out. league needs a villain. T time out. One, my league needs bodies. Um, two, I'd like to play with people I know, that I know. Three, I stand by all of those statements because <laughs> they are accurate. 
it's, 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 it's not our fault that other people in the league just can't take jokes. It's not our fault. I don't think that's an accurate recounting. Oh, of it the is. Facts, oh, get but out okay. of here. You don't have to be publicly, uh, you know, on the fence here. Come on, get out of here. I mean, all right, we're getting a little too inside here. Yeah, we're getting a little too inside. Too I inside a fantasy I don't, football I don't league. Don't that's know not what's available. Going on. I, I would not join Basic, the league. So basically, Mike is using. Ba- basically, to I'm, so happy that, I'm so happy that you got your donor idea out here and your your plug and ad before they just turned us off now after listening to that. Yeah, yeah, that was that was. That so at least we got up to might, that. Point. Might have been the worst thing we. Although, done if you listen to pretty much almost like an hour and a half of this, Jerry and. The, you know what? You're probably listening yeah, to how this long, shit anyway. How long are we at right <laughs> now? Because we do long, have a couple of more long, things to get to. Long. We should probably do we? What get else through Well, that? you had the top 10 list. If you want I do to have do my that. top 10 list. Do you, yeah. want, do you want to do it? Yeah, let's go. Okay. Let's do all, it. Right, all right. This is the Mike's top 10 of what? So uh, I think as we've talked about oh, several times. You need to set this up again. This is like the whole big <laughs> Letterman shtick. It's not going to be as good this week, but I figured uh, you, you didn't oh, I like want... it. We should try and make this a, yeah, why not? a, a thing every once in a while. It's going to suck some weeks. All right. So why don't we do the cat stuff this week with the top 10 list? Cat. What? Rutgers oh, put the out the cat, the cat names. Oh. Yeah, that's right. I, we didn't even talk about that. So Richie Schneiderite put out a, a photo of this cat that lives under yeah. SHI Stadium. Don't say it, Adam. Don't say it, Adam. Don't say it, Adam. Keep going. I, I just. Are you, you wanted to call it shit stadium? Nope. Nope. It has something to do with the cat and the stadium and just keep I don't. Going. You can't not nope. make the joke now. Nope. We'll say it off air because I get yelled at by Mike when I make these jokes. Keep okay, going. Okay, no, I, I might see where that's going. Okay. Uh, so there's a cat lives under the stadium, and we were coming up with cat-related names uh, for, like, Rutgers-related names for yeah. this cat using puns. But the cat actually apparently has a name. What was the cat's name? I don't know. It had a name. I don't know. Wolfie, I think. It wasn't It was, it it was, was not a pun. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't a Rutgers-related uh, pun, pun. Yeah. So if you want to see our cat puns, just check our Twitter account. Well, maybe we'll tweet out some more too. Yeah, I've I've got a couple of them. It's we had some in the text chain that we didn't share. John Meowk Nolte. Uh, yeah, John yeah. Meowk Nolte, which I liked. Uh, we had Cat Alamo. How come nobody came with? Uh, I like K- uh, Kitty Brit. That was a good one. Or Kenny Kit. Nobody. Uh, did Art Meowski. Art who? Wait, who's, what? Who? What? I said instead of Art Sikowski, Art. But you're changing too much of the word. No, that's, yeah, that's yeah. What was the Pete yeah. Zverdov one you had? I didn't oh, Mike, Tver- was... Mike Tverpov. Oh, yeah, that, that was a good one. Yeah, that was good. I like or that. And Pete, obviously. Oh, Pete, Pete yeah, yeah. yeah. Tyreek Caddix Williams. Olakunle Katakasi. Or Olakunle Fadukatsi. I think I said Bo Meowton. Yeah, that was no, But yeah, if you have cat names, feel free to send us uh, some cat tweet names. those to us. But we have a top 10 list for Mike. Now, so of course, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, uh, Many months back, Mike told us how rankings are bad, and so he was putting things into tiers, and we had Mike's teardrop, but now we have Mike's top 10, even though rankings are well, worse. Well, this is no ranking. I mean, I'm not ranking things, per se. I'm making puns. Okay. Okay, that's fair. That's now, this is your top 10 list of what? So, this is my top 10 list of, uh, you know, Rutgers will be serving beer and wine, I think, in the stadium this year. Thank you. Um, as if Rutgers fans needed another reason to get drunk. And they'll be serving beer, most importantly. That's what I care about. And they haven't announced the beers yet, obviously. Uh, I'm actually sitting on pins and needles. I think that's the idiom. I'm hoping that they don't mess it up. Uh, but I have the top 10 beers uh, that I think they'll be serving next year. Or this year. It's so close. We're like two weeks away at uh, Shit Stadium. <laughs> Number 10, uh, Crisp Carton, a nice Pilsner from Carton Brewing. Exit number nine by Magic Hat at number nine. Oh, these are real beers. Okay. Uh, no. No, they're not. 
They're not. At number eight, uh, the Sleeping Giant IPA. Then number seven. You said Magic Hat. Yeah, these by, are all real breweries. By, oh, like oh, the, the, I get it. Okay. Uh, number seven. <laughs> this is not landing well. <laughs> no, I'm going to keep rolling with it. Uh, at number seven, Pandemonium in Piss Cataway. It's just a Bud Light. Uh, <laughs> that was a good that's one. Good, that's good. At number six, the Leonard Lambic. Uh, it's just to remember the sweeter days. Yep. Number five, a Black Sharon Tan. Uh, at number four, an Art Stout, uh, Stout Kowski. Uh, at number three, a buzzed Aldrin, a 13% bourbon barrel aged double IPA for the Jersey Hero. At number two, a Tripel option, a hearty Belgian from Lo- a Lone Eagle Brewing to get ready for when Rutgers hires Jeff Munkin. And at number one, a Pat Hops. But Pat Hops has to chug one before every game on the big screen. <laughs> That was a bad. That's, eh. that was, it was, that was good. Last that was good. Yeah, well, we had we had a good joke last week. I always yeah. appreciate we, when yeah. Mike comes prepared. Oh yeah, in some capacity. I had a wanker of the week. I had a top yeah. ten. I was good to go. You didn't know the name of the fight song, but that's fine. Yeah, me and ninety three percent of other Rutgers <laughs> alumni. It's more than ninety three percent. All right, uh, what else we got? We're pretty much. You, I, it's I, like I think we're about we done. Uh, should, should we end that? We were gonna maybe do some gambling this week. Do we want to do any gambling? We got two games. If we want, I okay. So my personal thought is, I want to put it off toward toward to next week. Because I also, when we, uh, I don't know, I feel like we, it's kind of like our uh, league course. We have our college game. We have a guest picker next week in, with Chris. We should put some oh, stakes. Yeah. We should put some stakes on That's this. Yeah. all. We're going to well, all that, come that, up with this yeah, for next I've week. I've been trying to like text you guys for months yes. now. Like, what are, we, have, we have like 50 different gambling ideas. We had Adam's what wife, about money? Charlie, who's the voice of the podcast, who is maybe going to do a gambling segment. We, we had our ideas for shame. And like we had, we've had like 15 different ideas for a gambling, for what we're going to do for gambling. And if we did all of them, we'd only be a gambling podcast. What if so, we take the money that um, the night report gives us and we gamble it away? Well, we pretty much we don't gamble it away right now. A lot of it has gone due to cost of equipment, right. paying for the upkeep. Of oh the yeah, podcast. I still, for September, I still, I, October, uh, I still need November. to get paid. I still need to get paid for SoundCloud and also we'll get for you. my we'll get you. generous donations to the Bell's. Yes. I'll send campaign. you a few Ethereum's. Don't worry about it. Uh, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> do you know how much money that is? That's fine. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> I do know actually. Okay. Uh, Unfortunately, we are gonna officially is this us now? We're back every week until are the we? end of football season. Are we sure? If we can, I mean, I don't know if I want to do we're that. going to try. Like I'm lazy. We're gonna be. We're gonna try. We're doing this next week. Oh yeah, well that was. Are that, you kidding? Are you shitting me? The, the season starts next Friday. I know. I'll if, be there. I, look, it's gonna be tough, but I. All I, three of us will be there at the opener. Yep. Yeah. I like it. It's Dedication. going to be tough, but we want to do this. Every, we, will we, did it, we, we will try. We will we try. We did it last season every week. It, it was, you know, it doesn't things are a little different now, but it's three of us together. We can make some exceptions yeah, every once no, in a yeah, while. Yeah, we, we can. But we uh, suspended you for four we'll podcasts see. for God's I think sakes. we should tell the people why you did that next week. Okay. We should mention why you were suspended. Yeah, next week. I think we should go into it. The okay, season's we, finally upon us. Oh, we don't have time to do it this yeah, week. Yeah, I mean, so next week we should do it. Next week. Okay. I mean, like, it's been long enough we haven't told people. This is a fun episode. This is one of those episodes that I feel like I'm going to go back. I feel like it, it sucked right <laughs> You're going to like it, but everybody else is going to be like, yeah, I think it was great one. in the moment. Um, and I always think our episode sucked. It's fun. I, always it's think, fun. I, I always, really enjoy this. I always think it sucked, like, now, and I feel really bad about it, but it was fun to do, and I feel like when we go back and listen to it, it'll sound a lot better. So, who knows? And if not, you got your free content again. So Yeah, it was, yeah, it was you're free welcome. anyway. Uh, we will be back again next week. Football preview. Rectangular table discussion. Enjoy football back. Now that we're the biggest Rutgers donors that there are, are we Scarlet Propter? 
Can you, can we raise the spotlight podcast, which, uh, Blows this one away and downloads. Every fucking time you have to mention that, Danny. Enough. Um, <laughs> I, lo- I just love that. The funny thing is he texts us that, too. It'd be funny one t- if we hoarded enough money over, like, it'd take years if we got one of those bricks at the Scarlet Walk that was by the RU Screw <laughs> podcast. I would rather pay for one of the porta potties. <laughs> we could probably just slap, like, our logo on the porta potty. What are they going to do? Like, we do right, we so should- we got to make stickers. Stickers. All right. Stickers, t-shirts, <laughs> Wait, we everything. Can, we can actually make stickers happen, no, can't I, we? Well, I, I actually, I printed out a bunch of, I haven't done anything with it. I have like 50 of our logo printed out somewhere. What? Oh, boy. Yeah, just on paper. Oh, what are we going to do? Drop it. leaflets? We're going to tape it to a porta potty We're going to tape it? So every game we have to bring leaflets and scotch tape. I'm waiting, yeah, that for, sounds, that I'm sounds waiting for Max to be like, all right, let's do a live episode from a porta potty Okay, there <laughs> yeah. we go. I want to, hey, I want to do a live episode from the parking we'll lot. We'll try. I think we'll come fun. up with a couple ideas. Yeah, as if we don't. Can already. you play us out again with the uh, the Eisman Angel? You want? Oh, you want? You, can you play us out with that? <laughs> you, one you, more time. You want You want to hear the ad again? <laughs> yeah. you All right. Well, we'll, we'll 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 see you guys in a week as usual. Pay the players. Hi, I'm here on behalf of the RU Screw Podcast and the R Fund. Spend all your time waiting. The Bells Must Ring strives to grow the Rutgers Athletics donor base in order to provide our student-athletes with impactful and necessary resources. To be a part of this campaign, you can make a gift of any dollar amount. Every gift of every amount gets our student-athletes one step closer in their climb to the top. Donors like you can make an immediate and long-lasting impact by making a gift of any size. This new campaign is about the impact of participation. Every person and every gift makes a difference in the lives of Scarlet Knights student-athletes. please visit giving.scarletknights.com slash pages slash home dash 25 and make your donation today. Again, that's giving.scarletknights.com slash pages slash home dash 25. And remember, we are Scarlet Knights, the most passionate fans in college athletics. We cheer our teams win or lose. We stand when our teams enter and exit the field of play. We welcome our opponents and their fans as guests in our university home. We respect all student-athletes and celebrate their efforts. We know our enthusiasm on game day helps to recruit the nation's best. We strive to make everyone's experience enjoyable. We are the State University and Big Ten proud. This is Rutgers. 